Bam, we're live. Good morning. Five minutes early today. Heidi, good morning. Eric, good morning. Kenneth, good morning. Travis from Vindicate, good morning. Chase, Brian, good morning. As all of you already know, go to cahormones.com. If you live in California, you can get free blood work and a free doctor's consultation if you use the code word SEVON. If you live out of California, get your blood work, have your insurance pay for it. Send that blood work over to cahormones.com. Use the code word SEVON and you can get your free doctor's consultation. Good morning, Alan. Buenos dias, senor. We're starting a few minutes early this morning. We are going to start the morning again with um, Jason Grubb and Jamie Latimer. I got my pen. Uh, also, uh, you can go over to Paper Street Coffee. They have supported the show from the beginning. It's the only coffee I drink. Um, you guys know the story. It's a cool story. Our relationship. Uh, Crystal Baca, good morning. Austin Hartman, good morning. And the way it worked with Paper Street Coffee is you use the code word SEVON and you get 10% off. And Gabe is a great guy. And he is a small business that has just um, started up uh, inside this uh, community. He is a diehard CrossFitter and an incredible supporter of this podcast. And he told me from the beginning, I don't even care if you drink my coffee, SEVON. I just want to support the podcast. Dang. Dang. Jamie did get second. Um. You are looking at a lady, by the way. We're going to get to why she's on the screen in just one second. Her name is Anne Marie Fuse, F E U S S. Uh, fuck it, make it fifteen percent. Holy cow, make it fifteen percent. I don't know how long that's going to last. Go to Paper Street Coffee. Don't spell out street. It's P A P E R S T Coffee. Use code word Sevon and get fifteen percent off. Uh, I suspect that won't last much longer than midnight tonight. Um, Paper Street is ridiculous. It's delicious. Yes, it's delicious and ridiculous. It's very strong. It is very strong. Beautiful little brown beans that you'll like to look at and smell. Uh, Also, if you sign up for California Hormones between now and December 24th or 23rd, either way, I don't know what the date is, but on the 25th on Christmas morning, uh, we will give away a free level one courtesy of California Hormones a level one to a CrossFit level one seminar because there's really not too many things better you can do for your life. I, so I, Gabe, is the man, Eric. That's right. Elise Carridao. Good morning. Paper Street is so dang good. Best coffee in the game. Vindicate. If you want to get a CEO shirt um, that fits very nicely, Makes even your mediocre bodies look good. I look in the mirror, I'm like, damn, I got a nice body. Uh, you go over to vindicate, vndk8.com, pick out a shirt. Uh, you can also go to Life is RX. Uh, the sweatshirts are thick and yummy and good, and I wear them every single day. That is truth. Even on the hottest days, I wear them. Um, I work out in them. I usually do my first 20 minutes of workout always in long sleeves to get extra hot because I'm fitty, because I'm fitty. I need to get sweaty. Jeez, Louise. So, Brittany Griner's family must be ecstatic. They got her home. Imagine your daughter being kidnapped. Kidnapped. Imagine your daughter breaking the law for drug use in a foreign country and going to jail and getting sentenced for nine years. That would really suck. And she got to come home, and her family must be ecstatic. So happy. So happy. 
I don't know how George Floyd's parents feel. Probably devastated. Their son got caught up in drugs and violence. He hurt a lot of innocent people. He did a home invasion, put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. He drove around on the streets where little boys and girls in this country play, high on drugs. He's been accused often of, you know, being involved with counterfeiting money. He was, did a lot of pornography. You can go to YouTube and watch it. And it's sad that he died because he's someone's son. It's sad that he lived that life. No one wants to be a drug addict. It sucks. Just like no one wants to get arrested and taken away uh, by the Russians, regardless of what you did. You don't want your, that to happen to your daughter. But those are not national heroes I'm describing to you. Those are just people. Those are just souls. I know a lot of you are Christians out there. I know a lot of you uh, believe love is the way. And those are just people who, 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 who went down a wrong path and couldn't pull out. But they are not American heroes. They're not he- heroes of the planet. They're not role models. They're people who lived a life who their circumstances probably hurt a lot of people around them. And I'm really happy for Brittany's family that they got her back. Exceedingly happy. But I, wanted, I do want to show you a real American hero. I don't even know who this is. Never met her before. Don't know shit about her. Her name is Anne Marie Fuse. And you're looking at her right there. A-N-N-M-A-R-E-E-F-E-U-S-S. If you want to show your support for this country, if you want to show a real American hero, you want to show someone who's done something amazing, go over to this lady's Instagram account and say something positive about her. I talk a lot about how great dads are and how important it is to have a good dad. This lady right here that you're looking at, look at her. Look at her, a muscle up. I bet you she's doing this for herself. She's making herself fit. So she's not a drag on the rest of the world. So she's an inspiration to other people. She's taking care of herself. But this is why she's a hero. I'm going to show you right here. Not because she pushes a shitty torque tank. Everyone, no one's perfect. But because she's a mom. I came across this account today, this morning. This is someone's mom. This is higher level hero shit. Those two kids are so proud and what their mom is doing is going to change their life forever. They're going to remember their mom as someone who took control of her own life, who made her life better. Don't even know who she is. I just know. I can just tell. That's got to be her dad there, right? That can't be her husband. He can't be, he can't be, he can't be that lucky. Two kids, lady who works her butt off, shows up at competitions and gets at it. I think she was at the Legends comp. I just ran across her account because I've been fooling around so much with the Legends looking at Jason and Jamie's accounts. And so the search gave me this lady. But this is someone who's really contributing to America. This is someone who deserves a statue in Central Park. This is, this is what makes me happy. This is what should make all of us happy. This is someone who's a high-level contributor to society, and she's not, she's not playing basketball. All she's doing is taking care of herself and being a good role model for her kids. I wanted to share that with you guys this morning. 
you want to do something really cool today, you want to feel better about yourself, go over to her account. It's A-N-N-M-A-R-E-E-1008 and tell her thank you for her contribution to the role model that she is for everyone around her, her husband, her kids, and everyone. What a cool lady. And she's hot. It's, a, it's a, just a plus. It's always nice. Maybe she wasn't hot before she did CrossFit. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. Hey, man. Jason, Jamie's trying to steal the uh, steal the show from you. <laughs> He's trying to steal the show from you. Look at this. The second place. You're a boss. How stoked are you, Jamie? I'm I'm really happy. Are you like beside yourself? Yeah, I totally shocked myself. Yeah. Um, you went into um day. Uh, you went to ye- yesterday when we talked to you. You were in third place, and Jason was in second place. And um, basically, you were starting to feel the pressure. I think we could say yesterday from your interview. Um, and, and how many competitions have you done? Um, let's see. I don't know, like six. I did Granite Games in 2019. I've done Masters Fitness Collective twice, Legends now twice. Um, and I've done a lot of local comps, so I guess a lot, but nothing big, like five big ones. Uh, congratulations, Amy, from Allison. Yeah, crazy. And and this was, you would say this is some of the highest level competition you've ever gone against? I would say so. I mean, last year was really strong competition too, but yeah, I would say it's probably the strongest. And um, you went in, and there were two events yesterday, correct? Yeah, a back-to-back two-parter. And you were, um, and you were, how many points behind second place? Thirty. I think like forty-two. Forty-two points. Who's counting? I wasn't. I didn't. I. I just like I told you. I just didn't want to implode and not get third. So that's all I was worried about. Like finish the workout and stay in third. And, and, and what place were you in after you did the first workout yesterday, the second to last workout? I was 12 points out of second. Wow. And then, and then how many points did you beat um, the second place lady by in the final workout? Do you know? I think 10. Uh, or beat her in the – I don't – I'm not sure, but I, th- I think the final standings was I was 10 points above. So 20, about 20 points in the final workout crazy did you see her during the comp like in that final heat did you know where she was um not not really although i i think i knew i was like in like top two or three of that heat um so i felt like i was and i love handstand push-ups like that wasn't the one i was that nervous about it was the front squats how, how old are you 39 you're in the 35 to 39 category. You're the old lady in the bunch. Um, Jason, should she have been watching her? Or are you like, Jamie, you should have been watching her. Tell her, Jason. Cross, yeah. let, the, let the CrossFit Games chance. Yes. Give her some advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, nice job. I mean, 39, when I'm 49, if I can get, uh, if I can hang in there with these guys, I'll be absolutely ecstatic. So that's uh, just amazing. Yeah, uh, con- congratulations. Um, what's next for you, Jamie? What do you do next? We immediately just start. Is the open next for you? Yeah, I mean, I had kind of told myself that I was going to spend this year trying to get stronger. I'm strength is like my biggest weakness, like especially like the snatch. Um, 
and I really feel like, I mean, going into this, I was like, I don't really have a whole a shot and I don't have a shot at the games this year. So I was going to spend this year getting strong so that when I'm 40, I can try, try to really make a run of it. But I don't know. Yeah. I'll just, we'll, we'll just go through the open like normal. See how it goes. Awesome. Uh, but games aspirations. Yeah. yeah. Like real, like serious. Like you're going to go, this is it. Yeah. yeah. You're awesome. Uh, Jason, how did you finish? I won first place. How, how close was it? It was really close. Um, you know, Jason, uh, the other Jason, he was uh, four points ahead of me going into the last two events. Uh, and I, I had to beat him in both events. Just the way the points were, like, let's say I win event one and then he wins event two, he wins. Uh, so I needed... I really just needed to beat him in both or just win both events, uh, which I did. I, I won both events. Um, you know, there was a, there was a point in there as I was uh, jumping into the, the bar muscle-ups and the front squats. I saw him cycle front squats during warm-up, and I realized I can't beat that. And I was nervous. I, I, I can't beat that. Uh, so my strategy, my focus was really fast transitions running from the bar to bar muscle-ups and, and not taking any breaks, just absolute all-out effort. Um, and I knew I could do that. It just may, I may catch on fire. Like I may actually implode at some point. Um, but at, at a certain point, it, uh, he realized on the front squats, I got him, I got him. And so I got through that first one and I thought he might be fast on, uh, on the sandbags. And Andy Sakamoto in the commentary or um, in a live stream, thought the same thing they thought you know even if i win the first one uh the other jason could catch me on those sandbags and if he beats me he wins um, so i tore it up um i went uh, all out on that thing um, on the second set of handstand push-ups he broke uh and i that was it i actually so i was running to the sandbag at that point um i was i was smiling at, at my cheering section just in front of me because i knew like that's it i've got i've got it uh, and that's a it's a damn good feeling, Savant, when when it it hits. Like, okay, I'm in the middle of this thing. It's it's pure chaos around you, but I, I I got this. All I have to do is pick this sandbag up a bunch of times and not let him catch me. Um, it was battle. It was it's absolute battle, like primal. Um, my body was able to do things that, um, or I was able to recruit more from my body than I can ever have imagined in eight minutes. Um, without feeling a thing. I mean, almost blackout. Like I, I remember gasping for oxygen, but I don't remember feeling anything. Like feeling wow. Anything, wow. You know? Yeah. Um, so you, so basically you knew you were going to have to flirt with disaster. You were like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, although you did have a strategy, your tr strategy was to let try. It was okay. If the wheels came off the bus, I can go home knowing I gave it my all. It's kind of a weird strategy, right? It is. It is a weird strategy. And it's, it's so fast. It's such a short max effort and it was if uh i'm gonna ride the lightning i'm gonna ride right on that line and if i if i fall off my mistake but i'm not and for me if i if i just imploded i was almost guaranteed second place so uh it was sell out or or take second and, and fall off and take second that's okay um so i took the sell it route and um man it was it was nice the feeling the feeling of winning that Having been so, for me, 
you know, this is, this doesn't matter in the whole scheme of the world in any way whatsoever. But for four days, I can, I can be nervous. I can be stressed. Um, you know, my Garmin tracks my like stress level. It was through the roof for four days beyond anything beyond the games actually, uh, because this was just so tight and, uh, my competition was so relentless that, um, on the last day, as I was driving uh, to Mayhem, I remember just thinking to myself, I was trying to, trying to get my head in the right place because I was, I was pretty nervous in the morning. Was, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to Mayhem to seal this deal. And uh, I was just dead focused. And uh, my body did what it needed to do. And I'm, I, I'm so sore today. I can't tell you. Um, I actually came to Mayhem this morning to help uh, unpack and they're putting the gym back together just so that I could move uh, and get, oh. some, get some blood flow, you know? So I actually right. feel much better now than I did two hours ago. This guy, um, Jason Luke, Lukanen, yeah. Lukanen, 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 Jason Lukanen, Lukanen, are you, um, are you pretty stoked he was there? Like, would you, yeah. like, in hindsight, you're like, what, I'm glad I went into the last day in second place. This, like, it, it was, it was kind of like getting another, free kind of experience to test yourself right like he puts you in a place that you didn't want to be that you can't get in training and you got to like have to deal with that very much very much i i i could not go into the last day which i'm used to going into a last day for a final victory lap um i've done that a few times at the games and at legends where by the last day i just wake up i'm i have a nice breakfast it's nice and easy because i i don't have pressure um, and he applied max pressure. Um, so having him here was great. I thought my competitors were, you know, Mike Kern and Vlad. That's who I was competing with at the games. This was was all that. Uh, but Jason uh, came and just just circumvented those guys, uh, came at it full force. He had some of the workouts were uh, definitely favored a very fast athlete. Um, a lot of short workouts, uh, super high intensity. And he is just unbeatable in a couple of those events. Um, so to have that pressure to experience that, I mean, it just, it adds another rep of experience, um, to my resume, which I really appreciate. Um, I appreciate more having won it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel if I was sitting here and sec, you know, having gotten second place, I'd have a different demeanor, a different feel. I'd be trying to learn from it and keep a positive attitude, but I would have been pretty disappointed, um, in myself, you know, just reevaluating, uh, the, what is it? The Monday morning uh, coach or whatever they call that work. Just thinking, what could I have done? What could I have done? Um, what mistakes did I make in my training? I would have overdone all of that. Um, now I'm just going to take some of the experience of like, Oh, what was that like to have someone that I couldn't catch? I've got to process that in my head for when it comes to the open quarters, semis and the games this year, because that's just going to happen more and more as I age up in this age group. So yes, to answer your question, good reps got, got done this weekend in that fashion, the mental fashion. Yeah, good training for you, Jamie. I'm guessing when you go into the final day in third place, you I'm guessing, and tell me if I'm wrong. You can't help but um, instead of being focused on winning, you it creeps in that like, oh shit, I don't want to fall to fourth. And so, um, how 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 surprised are not surprised. Maybe the word is proud. How proud are you of yourself that not only did you not fall to fourth, but you were able to even push further and get in a second? What are some of the things people are saying around you? Do people around you believe in you more than you believe in yourself? You're so soft-spoken. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I 
I don't know if it's because I mostly have to train by myself and you just you're just always question like yeah of course people in my gym are like you're so fit you're the fittest person I know well yeah I and you don't you don't know how fit these people are and like I like I do because I and especially like I've gone to the, I went to the games with Jim my 65 year old athlete so like I'm constantly seeing these like top top level athletes so it's like you just don't know you don't know your fitness until you get to like be on the floor with some of these people so yeah I I definitely shocked myself um I know I'm good at CrossFit and so like I just it was really it was a really good week weekend to test um some of my strengths with some of my weaknesses and because almost every workout was paired with both and so I I didn't have a finish lower than seventh, so I feel like I'm fairly well-rounded. I mean, if we would have seen a one-rep max pop-up, I probably would have gotten, like, 25th, so thank goodness. (laughs) Um, But I guess, I mean, I I guess I'm more well-rounded than I thought. Um, Do you leverage that uncertainty? do, Do you think it's good for you, or do you think that it would be better if you switch your mindset? Meaning, you know, um maybe you use that sort of that uh, insecurity is not the perfect word, but do you think you leverage that to um, be better and to try harder? Or do you think it would be better if you went in thinking, Hey, I'm going to kill all these women. Yeah. I don't know if it would be great if I went in confident. Um, so I feel like I, with the rope climb one, I felt pretty confident in that workout. Um, and I think I overpaced the rope climbs. So that's where yeah, I think that's that. I mean, and I lost that by two wall balls. Um, and I went unbroken for over a minute in the last, I mean, I threw like, I don't know if you ended up watching that one, but like I was gaining at the end. If it would have been 10 seconds longer, I probably would have caught her in the end. Um, but so I don't know. I just think I overpay. I think I, I think when I'm confident, same with the total bar workout, I was confident in that workout. And I told them, I was like, I'm sick of like having to push to pass like a hundred percent. Like, I just want, a, I want one that's good for me that I can just coast in. And that one I did, like my husband's on the video, like you got to run to the transitions. Like, and I'm like, nah, I'm just walking between transitions, staying calm. Um, so it's probably better when I'm unsure of myself and make myself get even more out of my comfort zone. Um, uh, Jason, for those of us who don't know, like myself, how is, is master's programming, is there anything different about it than regular programming other than reps and weight? Or is there other things that the programmers need to be uh, cognizant of? It's a good question. Um, so it is reps and weight, uh, overall volume. Uh, so yes, reps and weight and rounds. So think of that as well in, the, in that volume. Um, you know, an appropriate amount of volume for a master's athlete is going to be less than your 25 year old athletes. And I've, I've really noticed that having spent a couple of months here at mayhem training with 20 year old games athletes, we have similar programming. My, my reps and my volume is a little less than theirs. And the temptation for me is to just, if I'm working out with them, I'll just do what they're doing. And I've done that a few times. And I've discovered it's not better. And I know this, I know it's not better, but I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. No, it's, it's the volume is, is intense. But what I think programmers don't, um, 
take into account for masters athletes. And I think it becomes more and more and more important into our late thirties, forties and fifties is the elements of recovery. Um, the emphasis of mobility and warm up and, and how important that is. We all know that, but it's not, it's not programmed generally. It's not programmed like, okay, tonight, you know, let's do a recovery hot therapy in some form or fashion. Um, you know, or I, I think what I pay attention to them, the most in addition to what's on the list of things I need to accomplish today is how, how to take care of my body so that I can continue at as much volume as I should be doing as a master, no more than that. But even with that volume, it's a lot of volume. So I have nutrition, sleep, recovery are huge elements for me. And when I calculate, you know, how much time do I spend training? I include, you know, the, the 40 minutes uh, a day I spend on recovery, um, 30 minutes a day I spend on a first warm-up um, before I start warming up for the workout. Does that make sense? Those yes. Are, those are yes. huge, huge factors, right? What about um, what about what about movements? Um, uh, Jamie and Jason, I um, you know there was that event in the games that one year where the masters athletes were blowing their bicep tendons because the bar was too thick. They were using that axle bar. But I always wonder about stuff like as you get older. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just making this up like ring dips. Uh, um, mm. e, e, are, are there certain movements too that like significantly become difficult, more difficult as you become older, like running may not yeah. be one of them. Right. But there might yeah. be some sort of movements in some, in some, uh, you know, that's, those are some pretty crazy ranges of motion ring dips where you, where you can get really low or muscle ups. Is there anything like that? Any movements that you have to be like, okay, I need to make sure I double down on the warm up for these movements. Yes. I'll just, I'll jump in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, a, a, any, any kind of Olympic lifting or high skill, high skill gymnastics or anything, anything we've got to spend a very decent amount, uh, making sure we're really warm for, but, but no, in particular, heavy lifting, um, high skill, I, um, you know, high skill movements and, and Olympic lifting. But I also think, uh, that no, we should be able to do any of the movements, well into our 60s you know maybe 65 plus they're doing burpee bar muscle-ups i don't know or burpee pull-ups of bar muscle-ups but i don't know jamie i'll let you chime in for sure and i'll stop but i want to see us doing all the movements at appropriate weights but as far as skills and dress i want us to see us be doing that well into our 60s this handstand walk at 65 yes. 65 just been up absolutely absolutely i think I want, yeah, you're I a good dude. Yeah, it, no one can say different if you think that. You know, ja <laughs> Jamie, any, any, uh, where are you compared to what Jason's saying here? I, I so I. By think, the way, you're a young, you're a young girl compared to Jason. So I know. I think not. I'm. I think I'm 22 <laughs> all the time. So, <laughs> um, I think currently, they like. I think there's kind of no business for them to be like 65 plus to be programming handstand walk or muscle ups or pistols. But I do think in the next probably five years, so like the 60-year-olds now, when they get to be 65, I do think some of those people will maintain those skills that they have. But I think they need, I, or, I don't know, like right now when they program it, I just shake my head and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't highlighting their fitness. They don't, half of them look silly out there. Um, and I'd say that I, I have a, 66 year old that went to the games and I do there's just times where I'm like I don't I don't think that was an appropriate programming piece but so so yeah, you're pistol. saying the opposite way of kind of the way my question was biased is that maybe we should take it easier what you're saying is is like hey just because they can't that you don't have to dumb it down there's other ways you can change the program besides dumbing it down you're saying that it, it feels almost like dumbed down 
Like, hey, if they can't I mean, do 100 I, pistols in a row, still give them some pistols. Let them showcase uh, their skills. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it sucks for someone like Hip and Steel who has certain movements, has the skill. Um, when they do, when they, there's like at Masters Fitness Collective, they had the option to bear crawl or handstand walk. And I think if somebody has the skill, then, and if they choose to do it, they should be rewarded for that. Wait a second. Wait, so you're the, saying they, the, someone competes, someone doing bear crawl competes against someone who does handstand walk? That's fucking yeah. insane. That's a completely, it, that's insane. Agreed. Yeah. And of course the bear crawler is going to win. So right. I think the only way to progress the sport is to, if you want to push those people to start earning those movements yeah. is to reward like automatically. If you, if you handstand walk and you get the distance that was the requirement, like if you only get five feet, then you didn't meet it, that you just took a risk that you didn't make. But if you can walk the whole 25 feet, even if that's five, five, five foot increments, um, I think you should beat the person who bear crawled. That's going to push the people to keep learning those skills and maintain them through their 60s so that when they get 65, they, they have them. So that's how I feel. And you could fix the programming. Let's say you wanted handstand walks in there, but you knew only half the field could do it. So what you could do is, is you could put, you know, three rope climbs, 50 cows on the echo bike, and then um, max handstand walk for the remaining remaining minute. And then, and then the winners determine there, everyone gets to work out, but some people are just screwed. And instead yeah. of making them do it unbroken, you could just have yeah. the judge there. So people who could only walk five feet at a time, you could just keep putting them back, you know, five feet instead of 25 feet. Yeah. It seems right. I, I totally agree with you. There seems a way to do it. That's what you said to me is just crazy. That doesn't even make any sense to have people competing again. I mean, even if you could do handstand walk, why would you, if you could agree? Well, people chose to, because they want to show that skill, but they, finished lower and i was like that's silly yeah that doesn't make that at that point you're not doing a competition now you're at the special olympics I, and I, that's not a dig it just is <laughs> just is well, well i think the, that idea about doing um more high skill movements it's uh, jamie i like your point that right now 65 year olds maybe shouldn't be doing uh, a decent volume of ring muscle-ups or maybe they shouldn't do ring muscle-ups. And I, I think I, I agree with that, right? Because it does look silly. We want we want moving to look good. We want to showcase 65-year-olds doing amazing things. And I think the other part of that, and I think you are kind of hinting at this, is that in 20 years, 65-year-olds will probably be doing pretty clean muscle-ups or that it, the skill level will be. That's, it's like over the last 10 years, we're doing what individuals did 10 years ago and we're in our 40s or we're in our late 30s, Right. And so this, right. this sport evolves and we all get a bit better at this whole thing. We get smarter. We get better at movement. Um, we're, we're more safe when we move. So uh, I'll revise what I said earlier. That yes, I want to see all the skills when we're all ready to do all the skills. We're making sure we're all ready to do all the skills. And, and yeah, not make a – we want to highlight masters and our achievements and our strengths and, and, and what we can do, not be silly and not look – uh, appropriate what we're doing or look like we're putting ourselves in huge amounts of danger. Um, right. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, um, congratulations to the both of you. Uh, thanks for doing this every day. Um, uh, yeah. it's the, it's the most interested I've ever been in a, uh, master's comp. I'm stoked for you. I, uh, I give uh, all the credit for Jason for last time he was on or for DMing me and, 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 you know, nudging me. And, uh, I can, I hope to continue to build a, a relationship with both of you guys and keep having you guys on and talk about it. Um, more important, I'm realizing the importance of it, the inspiration uh, that you guys bring uh, to the world. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Savon. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I love you guys. Bye, Jamie. I'll see you around.
See you on the internet. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Jason, you're a great dude. You're a great ambassador for the sport. Uh, such a positive man. It's always a pleasure interacting with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Ciao. Right. Bye. Thank you, Jamie's husband, for parking the car and hanging out. <laughs> we, we cut into his shaving time all righty where's caleb where's matt Souza? where's caleb where's matt Souza? how am i supposed to do a show without those guys just me today just me today came shot out of a cannon today i'm ready to rock and roll Okay, number 317, we talked about that, right? About that Anna Marie lady. I have this, um, for some of you who've seen on Instagram, I haven't posted in a long time, but in my backyard, I have this huge, huge rig made out of wood. It's made out of uh, 16-foot, six-by-six pieces of lumber. And it... uh, and it's huge, and I, it has monkey bars, and it has loads of uh, rope climbs dangling from it and rings. It's pretty massive. I want to say it's probably 30 feet long. It was quite, it was quite the ordeal to, uh, to build this thing, and it's massive. And one of the things I wanted on that rig that I still don't have today was a climbing pole. I don't know if you guys had those poles in elementary school, but I remember this was probably 1978. My elementary school had a skinny steel pole and it went really high and it attached to a, uh, there were four of them. It was basically a pole in the middle with, with a, with a cross on the top and then four climbing poles down the side. And the climbing poles were attached to the ground with a little chain to the top to a little chain. So they moved just a little bit. And the reason why I never got a climbing pole at my house is all the climbing poles, all the poles that I found that would be, you know, 13 or 14 feet tall were all galvanized. And I did a little research and you don't want to uh, climb a galvanized pole. I guess there's something on there that's not good for you. But I saw this today. I think this is the wall between uh, Mexico and the, um, and the United States. And you can see here, I don't even know how to make this stuff bigger. I don't know how Caleb does that stuff. Oh, just pinch and pull. Okay. And you see here that there's these two guys uh, scaling the wall, carrying uh, ladders. And then they throw the ladders up over the wall. They hook it on the top of the wall. And I guess it's so everyone can just climb over. And I'm assuming they're coming into the United States, not going from the United States into Mexico. That's just an assumption on my part. Yeah, fireman's pole. If anyone knows where I can get one of those that's not galvanized, let me know. I don't don't even know how I would get that to my house. I don't know if it comes in pieces and you screw it together or you order it and have it sent to Home Depot. But I need a – I need a – no, I'm not retired from – I thought you were retired from working the pole. Not at all. This, this, this seems uh, more functional to me than climbing a rope. This seems like this should be at the games. This is some functional shit. Being able to scale this wall could change the, um, the life for millions and millions of people. Good and bad. So I saw that today. I thought that was fascinating. I think that's it. That's the wall that, uh, I think that's the wall that, that Trump wanted to build, right? Or built. Obviously he built some of it. Uh, there was one of these at the games in 2017. There was a steel pole 
I don't remember that. Really? There was a climbing pole? Oh, maybe in, at Camp Pendleton? Yeah, Dear Bill and Katie, I agree. I totally agree. Dear Bill and Katie. I think Katie's with a C. C-A-I-T-Y. Fine, it's fine. I'm, not that what you did is wrong. I'm not, I'm not a uh, spelling or grammar person. Uh, and I'm not proud of that either. Dear Bill and Katie, how about a climbing pole for my backyard? Anywhere from 13 to 16 feet would be fantastic. Actually, let's play it safe. 14 feet to 20 feet. Thank you. All right. I'm on my own today, guys. There'll be lots of ums and uhs to try to fill the uh, time in between pulling things up. Okay. Uh, I saw this on Instagram today. Uh, this comp- there, There's an there's a, um, Instagram account called Gaze Against Groomers, one of my favorite accounts. I love it. It's exactly what needs to be done. We need obese people speaking up against uh, the pharma and, um, and, and nonsense pandemic talk. We need melanated people talking about the uh, uh, insanity behind uh, BLM. All of these people, both both, organ, both uh, the organ, the pandemic people and the uh, BLM people are people who demand, and we'll get to that today. I have some great clips for you. They demand that these things exist in the world so that they can justify their issues, not because they're real. And um, so there's this organization out there that now has refused to do any printing for gays against groomers. And so if you use this company, please stop using this company. You know I'm not a big fan of uh, cancel culture, but this company is called Printful. And anyone who's in the fight to protect kids is doing the right thing. And I'm not suggesting that this company get canceled just because they're against the fight to protect kids. And they, but I, 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 I wouldn't want anyone I know or myself to ever send them money and allow them to continue what they're doing, even though they don't put the priority of uh, around kids to not sexualize kids. If you are going to print any shirts, if you do want to print something, who I do recommend you go to is Travis Bellinghausen at Vindicate. Travis, hi. How's it going, man? Good. So do not use Printful. Hi, yeah, hi. I'm I'm very I'm actually very interested in this because I have used them before. So, what is what do we know about gays against groomers? Are they for sure legit? Uh, no, I I don't know if they're for sure legit. I just know them from their Instagram account, and I okay. know that they have a lot of people who check the boxes that they're gay when I go to their account. Okay, you know what I mean. They they have the, the yeah. yeah the gay affect or the, the gay culture oozing from them the same way maybe a, a rapper has black culture or a Middle, East, a Middle Eastern guy working in a liquor shop has, um, you know, I, I, assuming he's Middle Eastern because he works in a liquor shop and his skin's dark and he, and he talks like my dad. Um, gays against groomers. I'll, I'll go to the post. They, they check all the boxes. Yeah, so, so no, I'm these just, people I'm, on the site, and, and I – and I appreciate them because they're at the front lines and they can say stuff without someone saying that um, they're anti-gay or that they're homophobic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
And so because, yeah, I mean, because of that, I, I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate them putting their ass on the line. It's kind of like they're going against, uh, they're good. They're going against what culture and what's supposed to be said. Yeah. And that's what I mean. If they are for sure legit and they're not just a, you know, like I said, out to cancel people just because, um, I'm very interested because I have used Printful before and they provide some really cool shit, but why are they canceling? I don't understand why they're canceling this game against groomers. I'm, let, me, let me, let me, I'm going to read the whole thing to you. I have it pulled up on the screen here. Printful has suspended our account for not representing their values. Why did they, why did they, a nonprofit organization of LGBT people fighting the sexualization, indoctrination, sterilization, and mutilation of children? Are they in favor of those things? But um, you know what? Uh, uh, now that you've called, you know an angle that I've thought maybe maybe these printful people don't don't want to work with gay people. Maybe it's not that they're against um, uh, diddling kids. Maybe it's that they don't want to work with gay people. Maybe that's it. Yeah, either, I mean, that's way. what I would like to know. Is it a is it a overarching? We're just not working with anybody who does anything LGBT related, or is it this group indiv- individually? Yeah, very interesting. I made the assumption that it was that they were uh, woke and that they were, uh, but maybe they're just bigots. Yeah, because, that, I mean, like the person who won't make that's a, an even bigger issue. Like the people, well, I, I would take a big, I'll take a bigot and a racist any day over a diddler, uh, ten out of ten times. But, yeah, yeah. Like um, sure, sure. I, one because well, the, the, for a variety of reasons. But let me read this to you. What what um the letter that they wrote, um, this is from Linda M at Printful Support. Hi, we've made the decision to discontinue our business relationship with your store. This is ultimately a decision to mitigate the risk of being affiliated with a store that doesn't represent our company values. Printful serves customers from all backgrounds, and there are differences in opinions and life experiences among our store owners. We do our best to remain neutral and respect freedom of speech, yet we draw the line at content that that, uh, foments hatred towards any person or group. Oh, okay. So they are against so so at that point they're upset because this gaze against groomer does spew hate against people who are pedophiles. And although my heart I don't even have a heart, take two. Although my <laughs> being is filled with compassion for other people, I, I do draw the line hundred percent at pedophiles. I don't I don't um yeah, that's, uh, I, I have that's a, I have, I have a hard chance. stop there. Maybe I need to work on that, but um as a result, your account uh, has been no. suspended. You will still have access for five business days, but no payments will go through and all existing orders are on hold. This should give you time to retrieve your design files. So it, it sounds like without them saying that they're upset because gays against groomers um, are uh, don't like groomers, people who listen, no, no one find, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir. No one fought, no one, no, no kids find adults attractive. My kids are disgusted by my body. I'm not even a hairy man, believe it or not. But but kids are disgusted by the uh, adult anatomy. They don't like pubic hair. They don't like big penises. They don't like balls. They don't like they don't like your teeth. They're pure. And for adults in any way to think that they have any business being intimate with children is is uh, completely absurd vile disgusting and i think that that's what they're saying because the gays against groomers are are, i mean they are heavy-handed oh my god there is a god there is a god (laughs) Uh, gays against groomers are heavy-handed against um 
against groomers, against people who who approach little kids and coax them into doing uh, performing sexual activities with them. And so I, I think that's well, they the, should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I appreciate mean, that so much what they're doing. I swear to God, if these people were selling Coca Cola, I'd fucking buy some. I so appreciate what these people are doing. <laughs> I chug a fucking two liter of Coke on the air and put on a pair of Nobles. I mean, these. Maybe they sell one of those poles you can get for your backyard. Yes, that too. Yes. And so I, I think that's what's going. I think that's what's going on. You you could write them and ask them. Okay. Their Instagram is getting yeah, destroyed. I mean, by the way, they're getting destroyed on Instagram. I'm, I don't use them for a lot. I, I tell you what I did use them for, and I spent them a fuckload of money. Was the the no rep flags before I found a different vendor? That's where I got all the no rep flags down. Awesome. And I thought you were going to. I'm so glad yeah, you didn't I, say I, the CEO. I'm them. so glad it's Hiller shit that's no, tainted. No, no, no. <laughs> God damn it, Hiller. All yeah, right, this well, is the company right I'll here. Be, these I'll ding be dongs. digging into that. Yeah. I'll okay. check out their Instagram. But yeah, they're not getting my business anymore. Yeah, I saw Jim uh, Jim in the comments. He used them before also. And he's like, nope, I'm done. So Jim will chat. Listen, if you're a gay man, you might think I have a nice body. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I got big old titties. They're, they're kind of firm. I got broad shoulders. I got a little gunt. If you're if you were gay and you needed a small little Armenian man to whatever live out your dreams, I might be cute. But for anyone else, you'd have to be my wife All to love Cal- this body. California hormones. Yeah, not yet, not yet, not yet. Give me ten more years. <laughs> ten more years for me. There you go. All right, Travis. Thanks right, for calling. Cool. Thanks for having me dig down a you little bet. deeper. You bet. Bye. Talk to you, Suza. Were you at the gym? Yeah, and then I couldn't get into my car. So oh, like. Shit thing to like unlock it the key going into the uh, door to unlock it just stopped you think someone <laughs> put a screwdriver in it last night no it just it was getting sticky and it's been having issues with it and so um it just took a little bit uh longer you know it would be worse if that was it. your wife's vagina <laughs> all of a sudden it just closed down and didn't work and got sticky just did not work i'm glad that it was just your car did you get how did you finally get in i didn't you spit on it <laughs> no, I, I I I lubed it up. I got some uh, WD forty. I watched a whole entire thing on YouTube of how to do it, and my car is at the gym. Wow, it's not like <laughs> yeah. you have some fancy car with some crazy power locks and shit. It's just a, it's an old Civic, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's an 07, 07 Honda Civic. And, and you examine the key. Did you you tried both sides? There's only one side on that model. Oh, how classy car manufacturers gotten. <laughs> We're only going to put the key lock on one side. <laughs> Yeah, and it still works for that to open the trunk. Like no problem, slides in, pops the trunk open. So there's nothing wrong with like the, like the key. But uh, I'm gonna, I'll go back and try to try to fiddle with it. Luckily, my parents don't live too far away, so I literally just jogged to their house, grabbed uh, a truck that my dad doesn't use as often because he has a work truck, and um, hopped in it and cruised here. Here we are. I wish someone would pay me to go around the country and beat the dog shit out of every pedophile. <laughs> So so hostile. Um, what Wait, about? Oh, so what will you do? You'll call a locksmith now, and he'll come out, or you'll take it, or you have it towed to Honda. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't okay. really thought through that. I think I'm going to try to first just maybe if I could switch out the key fob a battery and see if it'll electronically work again because that battery right. just like recently died not that long ago. Okay, so if okay, that doesn't work. Then we'll see. Okay, that's plan. That's the first plan. That will only cost you twelve hundred dollars to get <laughs> yeah. a new key fob for your eight hundred dollar car. <laughs> yeah, might be time to get a new one soon. 
Um, do you have access to the list or should I pull this up? I got it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you demand. Okay. Uh, 314. Uh, this, this story here is, uh, is what it was like for me growing up in the Bay Area, by the way. I just I wanted to let you know. So if you wonder what my, my perspective is, the Bay Area is like, you know, San Francisco, Fremont, Hayward, Berkeley, Oakland, uh, Benicia, uh, Concord. Um, you know, I, I never, the only part of the Bay Area I'd never hung really was Sausalito. I never hung in Sausalito. But this is uh, the Tate man uh, who I, th- I suspect we're going to be having on the show here uh, maybe in January. Um, this, is a, this is a great story he tells here. And, and I, I have a handful of stories like this also. <clears throat> Very important story. Like fries and fried chicken. And there's a long line. And the Audi with tinted windows pulls up. These three big black guys get out, push straight in front of the whole line, go straight up to the front, cut in front of five people, and start ordering. My girl goes to me, we've been waiting here ages. I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. She was, you're just going to let them push in. I said, shut the fuck up. Anyway, two in front of me, he couldn't tell this bitch to shut up. She's like, excuse me, excuse me, there's a line. And the guy turns around and goes, you think I don't see the fucking line? I don't care about the fucking line. So she starts running her mouth. Bro, this dude knocked her the fuck out. Clean, out cold. By the time her man looked at her and looked back up, boom, sparked, done. And I stood there and watched both of them just laid out clean. The three dudes who ordered the chicken and chips. Didn't even take their food. They started laughing and walked back out on the car. And I turned around and said to my girl, you see, some people are just ready to fucking go to jail. Some people are ready to kill people over fucking nothing. There's four in the morning. And I tell you, I've seen, I've seen something very similar that happened probably, I don't know how many times growing up from the age of 16 to 20. I'm sure Susan's seen that too. Three black dudes get out of a car and walk up to the front of the line at McDonald's and you don't say shit. <laughs> If they tell you to wait outside while they order, you go wait outside and order. <laughs> the truth is, if it's three white guys, it doesn't matter. It just so happened for me, it was mostly black guys. There's no, there's no point. At that point, it's just your ego. Go outside, hang out, scroll your Instagram. Pull your, pull, uh, if you're a guy, unstick your balls from the side of your leg. Clean the lint out of the bottom of your pockets. Don't get the ego involved. Yeah, drop to one knee and pray to the heavens and thank God that you're bound for glory and greatness and, and, and wealth. What a were, great opportunity to chill. Were you ever around any any girls? Did you ever date any girls that would be like that? That would just start mouthing off? No, I, I avoided those bitches like the plague. I did not. If, if, if I Any girls who were like that, but I had a lot of friends who had girlfriends like that. You had a girlfriend like that? No, but like two or three. It's funny because Grace is the anti that. So about, too. about too. two years ago, we were going to actually see Joe Rogan live at Shoreline. And almost the same exact situation. There's a big line to get in through Will Call. It's moving steadily, so it's not like a huge deal. But, you know, the show's getting ready to start. And these two dudes just walked right in. And they were about one person in front of us and just cut. Big dudes. And uh, and right as they cut, I look, I'm watching them. And, um, I mean, you've been with me in public. Usually, I'm like, my head's always on a swivel. That's just how I kind of go. So I saw them coming from a little bit of ways. And Grace saw me watching them as they kind of walked up. And she's like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything to him. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything to him. And so they cut right in front. And the guy right in front goes to say something. And she looks right. She goes, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I was like, we're good. Hey, so that's let them in. I want. Do the yeah. opposite. Let them in. Yeah. Brother, let me pay for that for you. I mean, dude. Hey, by the way, that's. Those the, people that's aren't destined for greatness. Those people don't. Those people are living minute to minute. 
because someone eventually bigger than them or someone's going to pull out a knife or something, something, those dudes, it doesn't end well for those guys. All never, never, ever does all. I knew guys that did that shit. I knew guys that did that shit. I didn't know any girls who did that, but I knew uh, who, who, um, but or I knew girls who did that. I didn't date them, but you knew guys who did that too, right? Oh, and you yeah. know what? And you know what happened to them, right? They're like in jail, or they get stabbed, or they show up to school one day with a broken arm, or just a matter something. of time. Yeah. Because all they're gonna do is one day they will find their equal or somebody else who's willing to go a little bit further. Yeah, they're and- gonna run into fucking Jim. Mm-hmm. One day they're gonna run into fucking Jim and <laughs> two of his cop buddies, and they're gonna fucking end up in the back of a cop car. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, hey, there's I, a whole state. If you like girls like that, there's a whole state of girls like that. It's called New Jersey. <laughs> Just go there and get those girls. You want to fight? Those girls will find fights for you. My uh, grandpa always had a saying that he, he would say, he'd always say, the, the fish always loses through the mouth. I need help. Oh, because he gets hooked? Every time. Yeah. So that that was the deal. Just keep your mouth. I, I saw a girl one time. A friend, uh, we're with a group of Allison, I bet you you could walk up to the front of any line. I bet you you could walk up to the front of any line. No one says shit to you. And it would be the most non-aggressive. They'd be be stoked. But yeah, she, uh, a girl ran over and grabbed like a cowboy hat off of her like boyfriend or something. This was years back in Tahoe. And the girl got mouthy with her. The other girl didn't even exchange any words. She just turned and punched her right in the mouth. And it pushed back her two front teeth and everything. It was gnarly. And it hey was dude, just like, that's that, you know, and like, the difference between the has and the have and have nots now is huge. Like oh, yeah. places like Newport or the Bay area, there's uh, 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 Los Angeles. I don't know how it is in other States, but there's some people here who can really fight now. There's like, there's fucking 15 year old kids who are killers now who like my kids are going to be like that. Yeah. You had a chance when uh, jujitsu and MMA wasn't so popular, but yeah, there's dudes now who are fucking killers yeah. just walking amongst us and uh, they will do something to you. It's fucking speaking of killers. Allison's husband will fucking mash you. I don't know if you've ever met that. You met that dude, right? Yeah. 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 That dude will fucking mash someone. Yeah. There's a lot. It's especially too. you just spend a little bit of time at a jujitsu place. And you're going to watch and you'll see these guys come in that you would never expect. Don't look the part at all, nothing. And all of a sudden you see them on the mats and they're just killers. And you're like, holy shit. If you would have gotten entangled with that dude, he would have broken your arm or choked you out super quick. And it would have been I, some old dude like that you would never suspect, you know, quiet, nice. All, all my friends in Santa Cruz, now that I think about it, I got this other friend, Donovan, 170-pound dude. Fucking nicest guy ever, longest fuse ever. God forbid anyone were to ever fuck with him. Those Holy are the real shit. Those are the real killers. People like Donovan. That Holy are just shit! Nice, super unassuming. He will tie you in a knot and fucking knock out your teeth. And he would probably let you go for a little bit if you started running yes. your mouth. You know, yes. he would let you go and go and go, and you'd build that confidence and ego, and then he would snap you like a twig. <laughs> yeah, nice guy. Nice guy. Um. Okay. Uh, 313. This is uh, uh, from Patrick Bet David, uh, who is a guest on the podcast, who I hope we're going to get back on again soon. Uh, this is, these are these, um, these are uh, three, uh, the kind of the shortest, quickest summation of the evolution of consciousness that I've ever heard. Uh, well, ch- check it out and then we'll, then we'll shoot the shit about it. One time told me this it says every kid and a parent specifically father-son relationship goes through three phases first they idolize which you just use the word they idolize dad oh my god i love the liver king i can't believe you did this dad which you have steroids they have your back 
And the last one is humanize. Daddy's a human. Mm. He's not a machine. He's not perfect. Okay. So that level of and that lifts weight off our back to become looser parent, having fun. You still have high standards and expectation, but I'm not here to be perfect. A guy one time told me this. He says every kid and a parent, specifically father-son relationship, goes through three phases. First, they idolize, which you just use the word they idolize that. Then they demonize. I can't believe you did this, dad, which you haven't gone through. Your sons are, they have your back. And the last one is humanize. Daddy's a human. Mm. He's not a machine. He's not perfect. Okay. So that level of, and that lifts weight off our back to become. You never, you rarely, you rarely go backwards in your evolution. That's what, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but that's, that last piece is what you want to cultivate. Not because it's the right thing to do, but it's where all your happiness is. So first we idolize people. Oh, my God, the liver king is the greatest fucking dude ever. I want to be like him. Then we demonize the first second he falls to the ground, drops to one knee. And then the more evolved human being is like, he's just human. He's just human. And so the, the only the only for those of us who are at the last part of consciousness, who, who are swimming in that last end, and I don't know if it's the last end. I don't know what happens next. Maybe we turn into aliens and fly away. Fuck, I'm open to it. Maybe I'm going to turn into a butterfly and beam, beam me up, Scotty. But um, it, it, the, hard, the, the only trick now for us who are at the end of this journey is when we see people who are further back from us, those are the hardest people to have compassion for. Those are the hardest people for me to have compassion for, the people who are kicking the man who's down. see that well you know it, it is a good parallel and you know what's interesting here i'm only seeing what i want to see because it's in the mindset i'm in these days right i'm in the mindset now of trying to use the liver king as an example of what's going on so i'm in this mindset so when i see this i'm like fuck this works perfect maybe if i wasn't in this mindset i wouldn't have seen it but yeah you're even if you let's say you're convinced that i'm wrong and you're right what I would ask you to do, though, is eventually, if you want to be a higher order thinker and a higher order human being, and I, and I know that's self-serving, you will get to where I'm at and you will look back and be like, oh, I was wrong. I'll never look back and say you were right because I can already see what you're saying. I agree with you already. He's a liar. I agree with you that, he, he, um, that people were manipulated either intentionally or unintentionally. I agree with you. But you can't see what the rest of us are seeing, which is the next step. That's what—that's the hardest part about evolving past the group. That you can always see them, and you just want to fucking stoop to their level and slap the shit out of them. But if you do, then you're down up, down back to where they are. Love you guys. Love you guys too. Love you guys too. Love you, Matt. Bye. Have a good weekend. Yeah, take us with you. Put YouTube on the phone. What are you doing? What do you got to go for? <laughs> hey, even if you're leaving, let it play so we get the news. <laughs> yeah, don't ever, don't turn it off. Just leave, just leave it there. Um, I, I want, I want to show you uh, one, one more thing along kind of this uh, same line. Another, another angle on this is uh, three twelve. Uh, this lady almost has it uh, perfect, I think, but, but, but I think she's, she's missing one piece. Alan Kesterbaum, Kenneth DeLab, David Weed. Caller, hi. Devon, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? Thanks for taking us in the car. 
No problem. Is it, is it fucked up? Can you hear me okay? It sounds great. I'm just trying to show my listening skills off. That was just like me just like bragging that I, I, I pay attention to the nuances. Ah. <laughs> uh, but you sound um, good. Thanks, buddy. Um, it's Jim, by the way. Jim, hi. Good, man. Jim, um, what's up? So, what's up, brother? How you doing? Great. <laughs> um, so I was just thinking about what you were just saying about that father-son relationship. And this is something that I've been kind of struggling with lately. And I said it in the group chat, like, or in the live chat, like, dude, I was fucking terrified of my father probably until I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20. Um, and looking back on it, I'm like, man, I can't, I couldn't stand the shit, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm looking back on it. I'm like, wow, I'm like really appreciative that he had, I, you know, he put that fear in me and taught me the right shit because if not, I'd probably be a big piece of shit. And I've been struggling with this back and forth with my kid. It's like, I hear people say like, um, you know, you, I'm not friends. We're not friends. I'm your parent, blah, blah, blah. And like, dude, it's tough. Cause I want my kids to like me, but also like, I don't want to raise a piece of shit. So there's a fine line of like how to discipline them, how to, how to push them. You know, what, you know, where do you think that that relationship is like, do you think it's a happy balance or do you think they're like, you know, it is what it is. You got to suck it up for the better part of 15 years and be a hard ass on the kids on the, you know, males in particular. The, the thing that my mom and my, my mom and my uh, wife keep telling me is I can be as tough on the kids as I want, but don't disrespect them. Yeah. Don't disrespect them. And, um, and you know, there's two different ways you can say shut the fuck up, and there's a way you can say like calling someone stupid is disrespecting them. Like don't don't right. disrespect your kids. Um, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, you know, I, we've all I, at least I've been guilty of, of being like I can't believe you did that. That, that that's di- I'm disrespecting my kids at that point. I'm not taking the time, right. but being a hard ass, no. Like uh, the other day, I was asked. We were in line um, just a couple of days ago. We we're in Newport Beach. We're at a coffee shop, and we're in line. And I asked the kids four times what they want, and they won't listen to me. So I t- took them outside. I said, you guys want to eat? They go, yeah. I go, well, you're going to have to pay the price for making me repeat myself four times. And I made them run laps around to a palm tree and back. And of course they had a blast, right? <laughs> they cried a little bit at first. And then after like five or six laps, they were stoked. They were high on endorphins and dopamine and they're wrestling. And they even forgot that we were going inside to get a croissant and a glass of milk. And we went in and got that. Yeah. And guess what they said when we were done? Can we go back and run sprints again around the palm tree? I said, hell yeah, I'll run them with you. That's awesome. But, 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 but I'm disrespect, but the, you know, what also wants to cut them out of my mouth in there is like, Hey, dipshits, you're not listening to me. <laughs> right. And it's like, why that that's, I'm not, I'm not, that's not respectful. Like, right. I'm not a, yeah, so I, that's the thing they always remind me. And, and it's a tough balance. It's a tough balance mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's tougher the more that you love your kids too. Like I'm listening to JR's podcast which I love, like I identify with pretty much everything that he said. I mean, it's almost like similar, we, like we were parallel lives. Um, you know, I remember like having the best game of football in my life and coming home after the game and my dad being like, let's watch film. You missed five tackles. And it's like, I try to think about that when I'm being a father. And if you went through it, it's probably a lot tougher to do that with your kids. Cause you know what you personally went through, but at the same time, you're looking back on it like, fuck that made me the man that I am. But in the moment, it's probably really, really hard to instill those lessons on a kid. And I'm, and I'm having trouble thinking about acting that way towards my kids. But I know in the long run, like the benefit that plays out to it. Yeah, I, I heard I heard one time that the best you can hope for with your kids is to be their parent when they're young. And when you're older, if everything goes perfect, they'll be your siblings. 
And my relationship with my mom is so freaking awesome. And uh, I would say more and more it feels like she's my sister than my mom. Now, don't get me wrong. She's still like – I I, I probably – still have some like like i still probably i i idolize my mom still i haven't let her down completely off of the uh the pedestal but um but 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 now it's like we're better than friends we're like siblings and it's 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 fucking cool it's really cool i call my mom every day like i'll call my mom just to like even if i got nothing to say hey what are you doing She's like, why are you calling yeah. me? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just one of my homeboys. Like, like if I were to call Susan, I'm like, he'll be like, what's up? What you need? And I'm like, I got nothing. Just called. Yeah. That's dope. Do you have that relationship with your dad too? Or just no, no, I don't. Uh, my mom, I don't have that relationship with my dad. I love my dad to death. I love being with him, but my dad's not a, um, if I'm alone with my dad, we have that relationship, but we don't get a lot of alone time. I get so much right. alone time with my mom. I get alone time with my mom every day because she lives just down yeah. the street from me. So she comes over to my house and we'll I'm, fiddle around. But second, there's anyone else around. I don't have that relationship with my dad. It's it's really weird. So, dude, I, I mean, I'm in I'm in the exact same situation as you. Like, I idolize my mother. I'm you know love her to death. Can have those conversations with her. And like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love my dad, but there's just not that relationship. Probably because of the way that. I was raised with him. It just doesn't feel like that could possibly, you know, that could be a possibility, which I'm, it scares me because I want to have that relationship I have with my mom, with my kids. But then I'm also like, I'm like, dude, this kind of made me the man that I am. And I'm appreciative of all the shit that he did. Um, that kind of in turn made this relationship the way it is. So it's like, fuck man, what do you do? Tough, tough uh, thing to balance. Yes. But yeah, I'll just call it and say that. Um, Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Enjoy listening to it, as always. And I'll talk to you guys later. Awesome. Thanks for calling, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Bye. You know, I think there's room for, like, an evolution, though, right? And I'm not a parent, so take <laughs> take the but advice. You have for, parents, but you have parents. Parents. I do. I have two parents. I'm lucky enough to have two really awesome parents. Four. You have four now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. true. And one of the things that I think, too, is, like, the, the evolution of that. So, like, using the example that Jim just gave, like, Hey, he played an awesome game. And first thing that was said from dad was like, Hey, hey, let's watch him tape. You missed five tackles period. But if that was just framed a little bit differently, you could still have the same outcome and you could still have the same meeting just by giving some, some more. Right. So you could be like, ask questions instead of tell them, how'd you, Hey, how'd you feel about that game? You know, it's awesome. I thought you did great too. I think we should watch some film. Why? It was a great game. Yeah, but there's five tackles. That means there's room for us to get better. You want to watch that film? Or you don't even have to be that for like with my kid. I can just pull up a jujitsu match and be like, "Hey, so what do you see?" Exactly. What? What? Yeah. And I'll and I'll even start with this. What? What could that other kid done better? Right. And then kind of seep into what yeah. could you've done better. So you're yeah yeah, totally. and then totally. it's you're just bringing them more on the process with you because obviously the intent and everything was there, very well meaning. But if you just kind of have that stark, you know, old school kind of mentality of like, you know. Ah, could have been better. And then that's kind of it It, as a child, especially. And now the age matters a lot, right? As they get older, you could be a little bit more like that with them. But I feel like especially in the younger, it's probably better to just give a little bit more. And if they're not your kid, you can be more straight with them, right? So you'll take that shit. You'll take that shit from someone else that you'd never take from your parents. Right. Like if the coach pulls you aside and then like, quit being a pussy. And if I see you walk one more time on the field, you're out push right. harder you're like yes sir right and you and, and you like it 
Yeah. Like that, for me, that's meant that meant that if, if a stranger said that to me, that meant they cared. Right. If your parents, if your parents said it to you, it means you let them down. Corey, hi. Not hi. Hi, not. Hello. So do you do you want to hear my take on how I'm a mama's boy or do you want to hear my hot take on how I think we might be wrong on Brittany Griner? Oh, uh, behind door number one, door number two. Uh, let's do Griner first. And uh, I'd also like to hear the story the first time you um, undid a girl's bra. <laughs> okay. okay. It was one-handed. It was one-handed. Yeah, I think I did that too, just because. Isn't that weird? I mean, it felt... It felt, I knew I was supposed to be there. Did you, was it the one with the hooks that went, that have to go into the cloth or was it the one where you had to like fold it in half and then it came open? Yeah. And there was like second mate. I knew how to do it even as I was doing it with one hand. And like, then I got to the boob and that was, that was unordinary for me. It felt unnatural, but unclipping the bra was, I, I was home. God. How old were you? Um... I was an, an early adopter. I was maybe like 13. Wow. Like 14. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, I early adopted everything, which is why, like y'all know now, Are I don't you still drink friends anymore. With her? Are you still friends with her? No, I don't talk to anybody from my childhood. Oh. I'm, not friends with, I'm not friends with that. My, my, the first Brian did either. I, I think I was probably 16 or something, but I, but I would be, uh, if, if uh, I would be friends with her. Yeah, she's a great girl, I'm yeah. sure. But no, I, I don't talk to anybody from my childhood. I, I had to let all those people go. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, I can't but, even unclip a bra. That's a shitty, that, that, that shit is tricky. I, I don't, it, it's crazy how we don't need that skill anymore. Yeah. It's like we yeah, had, now we I had just pull it up off the top of my wife's head. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> or I, I snap my thumb and I'm just like, hey, can you take your bra off for me? <laughs> oh, no. I don't let anyone open my presents. Probably get, <laughs> I get pissed if someone opens my presents. That's a good point. So, so here's my take on Brittany Grant. I was okay. thinking about this from a show I was trying to catch up to earlier. What if we're, what if we're not seeing the big picture? Oh, uh, hold what on. Wait is- one second. Wait one second. Crypto dog. Boy, bro. I tried to use the code Sevana at Paper Street Coffee and it didn't work. I still bought a shit ton. Here's the thing, dude. You're going to fucking hate me for this, crypto dog. You were probably at the wrong site. You probably spelled, you probably, there's another Paper Street Coffee website that's not this Paper Street Coffee. I'm so sorry. I'm uh, so sorry. Did it look, did you go to this place, crypto dog? Yeah. God, that bums me out. Did I take my mom? You should be working with both companies. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, we should be working with both companies. I think yeah. uh, I think Gabe's going to get that uh, is going to try to get that website. So that shit doesn't happen anymore. Okay, sorry, go use, on. Use, use code Sevan at either Paper Street. Get 10% off. <laughs> um so so I'm probably wrong, but at least hear this perspective. What if Tim Kennedy's on a plane right now? And because they released this, what's it, Bout guy? Because they released the Bout um, arms dealer. What if that's a, a part of the bigger plan? What if they they set him free, knowing that we're just going to get him eventually and just going to bring him back home? Is is that a possibility? I mean, what if we're not seeing the big picture? He's pondering. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tell myself that every day about this podcast. Don't worry about the fact that you're running out of runway and dipping into your savings to pay for shit. The big picture is one day this podcast is going to make me rich. I, I agree. Fuck, I hope one of us is right, dude, and I hope it's not you. <laughs> I've got a... Well, I mean, I, that's, that's the fear. I mean, seeing what's happened over the last... I don't know how you, know, you could even say that, years. Corey. Let me just be really harsh with you. Yeah, I can make that shit up about anything. Sure. Right? Yeah. I, I'm just trying to see the positive. I mean, there's the positive is that her mom and dad got her home, right? The positive True. is that yeah. it's some young girl, hopefully. And, you know, I did see on ESPN, even though they said a bunch of shit that was lies. So who knows if this is true? They said that she's already said that one of the things she's going to push for is to get wheeling out. That she's going to work on that herself. And so that that I think is a positive. But if you think that they let this arms dealer out on purpose, so for whatever reason, they can track him to his next deal or they know we're going to get him again or catch him again. I don't know. I, I, um, I broke up with I'm, I'm going to divorce my wife today knowing that I'll get another girl next week. I don't know. It just sounds I don't know. I mean, I, I don't believe it coming out of my mouth, but I just had to shed some light. And be like maybe there's, maybe there's a positive. To some of this, you got to see the light side. Of Brittany, everything, uh, so. Yeah, David Weed, Brittany Griner is a good dude. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I don't know her, but <laughs> she's good. probably a good dude. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I tried to. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, but I tried to like. I didn't try. I did. I, I do recognize that everyone is someone's kid, and that we're all human beings, and that we're all moving around in this world, and some of us get some fucked up shit happen to us. That being said, she should just be released. She's no fucking hero. Any mom that competed in the Legends competition this weekend is a fucking hero. There should that's be a statue not, of not, those women. But that's not an excuse to do equally fucked up shit or just or just to not take account. Of, I've had some really fucked up shit happen in my life. Right. But but I take accountability for it. And, and in my head, I've always said, all right, you know, I've you know, seen people die. Uh, friends have died from drug overdoses. I've been touched, you know, like, <laughs> some really fucked up shit. And in my head, I'm like, all right, now I can either use that as an excuse or I can learn from this and become a better version of myself. I, this, this can be the, the story or the catalyst on why I'm not the way that I am, or I can be a slave to that story and make excuses my entire life. And I choose to do the former instead of the latter. The arms dealer that's out has already said he's going straight to the front lines of the Ukrainian war. Eric Wise, totally worth the trade. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but uh, what was the other? What was the other story you were going to tell us? Oh, so we got a bra story. We got your um, take on Britney. I'm Bryant. a mama. Oh, mama's boy. I mean, I, w- I was listening. I I tuned in just in time to hear about um, you know the female kids and having that. I- I'm a mama's boy. Um, I only remember my dad for about half of my life growing up because he was in the military. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's a a curious perspective because now, now I have a daughter and all I remember my dad was being that fearful figure. Like, you know, anytime I got a whipping, it was always my dad that did it. Anytime I was getting yelled at, my mom always put it on my dad. And so there was, um, there was importance of having that fatherly, figure and as soon as i was old enough and started taking responsibility for my own stuff and eventually moved out of the house my dad couldn't be more softer like he is the softest individual that i know in in our family he is such a a pansy always wanted to take care of everybody 
but in the house, he played that fatherly figure. So I think now being a, a father myself, I'm having to, I guess, just, you know, wade these waters and learn what are the right things to do. But I think that's natural for every parent. And I don't think, as you know, you know, there's no right way to do this thing. I think there are some, there are some it's, definitely. It's also different with the dad and the daughter than dad and boys. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. So oh, different. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, the I dad still so needs to be tough definitely. on the daughter, though. He still is. The, the The lion still bites the female cubs, too. You know, we had Amanda Levy on the show. For those of you who don't know um, who that is, uh, she, she beat Gabrielle Garcia um, in a jiu-jitsu tournament. Gabby Garcia is, you know, juiced to the gills, 6'5", 300 pounds, and she beat her in jiu-jitsu. She was, like, the first girl ever to do it in, like, 200 matches or some shit. And Amanda Levy said that her dad used to take her to jiu-jitsu tournaments and sign her up for like five fucking weight classes and she'd lose 13 matches in a row. And her dad would be like, and do it repeat the next week over and over and over. And it's like, yeah. And look what happened to her. Now Amanda Levy's one of the greatest female jujitsu stars on the planet. And it's like, Hey, there's all the great people have stories like that. Some parent was like fucking sacrificed the, the, the quick part of the relationship with their kid to make their kid great. Hey, if my wife doesn't tell me, um, hey, you're being too hard on the boys, then I know I'm not doing my job. When she tells me I'm being too hard on the boys, I know 51% of the time I'm right. Do you think that's equally so for a father with his daughter? Because yeah, my I, wife does I probably do. Yes, I probably do. Because they're supposed to protect the kid. Yeah, you should, yeah. Be, you should definitely be hearing that. Dude, I saw yeah. this fucking... My boys do jiu-jitsu with these two Mexican chicks that just came from Watsonville. That's kind of in my area. That's like the ghetto. And they just came from Watsonville. The dad's fucking wears the flat bill hat and he's fucking tatted from his forehead to down to his toes. Right. Mexican dude. And, and he brings his kids to jiu-jitsu every day. The coolest fucking girls. And they fucking beat up on my boys and my boys love them. They're like uh, one of the girls, same age as Avi and probably outweighs him by 20 pounds. And she's skinny and tall. And she's got huge, beautiful eyes and a crazy smile. She smiles the whole time she's putting it to Avi. And Avi loves her too. And the other day, um, I, I always go, they, they showed up at the pool after jujitsu where we went. And I watched the dad play with his 10 year old and eight year old daughter in the pool. Fuck, dude. I wouldn't do that shit to my boys. He was mashing them. And the girls <laughs> loved it. They loved it. He was mashing them, throwing them, tossing them, holding them under, doing shit. If I did to my boys, I'd be afraid to make them cry. So, you know, maybe they, maybe the vatos do it different, but fuck these kids, these girls are awesome. I, and you know, I, I do that. I, I don't do it like, like in seriousness, but I look around when I'm, when my kids are with other kids and I'm like, okay, can my boys marry those girls? Could that be my father-in-law? You know? And I, and I'm like, fuck yeah. When I see that. Yeah. I think, I think everybody's environment is, is adaptable and I'll go after this, let somebody else call in, but I think everybody's environment is adaptable. I, I, I'm naturally tough on my daughter just because I try to be tough on myself and I want her to, you know, the, the world is going to kick her ass enough. And so I'm trying to develop her skin so she can take some of those ass whoopings when she gets out there in the real world. But we, we have a, a hill in our backyard and I, at two years old, she would run up and down the hill and she would fall guaranteed almost every single time flat on her face would never cry. And the first day at school, I put her up there on the, the monkey bars and she's, she's three years old. I put her up there on the monkey bars and I'm standing back about 15 to 20 feet, just watching her grinning from ear to ear. 
super excited because she's trying some new scary stuff. Yeah. And this this dad comes running up a hundred miles an hour, reaches his arms out and is trying to hold her in case she falls. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. he's he's screaming and he's like, Whose daughter is this? Whose daughter is this? Yes. And I come I come like walking, strolling up behind yes. him and I'm like I'm like, dude, it's it's my daughter. And he's like, Oh my god, I thought she was gonna fall. My my child would never try that. And his five year old boy comes walking up behind him and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You, yes. You're the head lost on your kid. They have to fall. They have to fail. Um, Bro, story but- of my life. You said it right there. Just happened two days ago. My wife told me that my son was climbing on the outside of this slide. You know, instead of in the slide, it was one of those tube slides. Yeah. And a parent came up to him and goes, oh, that." And my wife's right there and goes, uh, that's not safe. <laughs> and I want to be like, you're, like, like it, you're not safe. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny. But I kind of, you know what I do? I, 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 yeah, you handled it perfectly right. I just casually walk up to, it's like, you're not going to convince them, those people in that moment, but also it's a good opportunity for your kid to like deal with a, like a weird stranger situation. So I always kind of just watch. Yeah. I love it. All right, brother. Thanks All for right. calling. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, Keep letting your daughter push the limits. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, pe- people don't realize either that shit's not easy on us either. I'm not like watching my kid climb up the slide and like just comfortable with it. I'm uncomfortable yeah. with it too. I hear you. I mean, if you're going to do it, that'd be the place though, the playground with the bark and everything else. Like it's, it's a little bit, it's made for that. Or at least with me there. So if he falls and breaks his arm, I can take him somewhere. That's true. I can quit being a bitch. Um, okay. Trish is back in the comments. Uh, <laughs> Any select words for Trish? Or I, I was going to comment. Have you laid on, that to bed? No, I've not laid that to bed. I'm not done with uh, Trish. <laughs> yeah, they do. Have, they're they're working on a decaf now, Trish. Great question. Um. Okay. That photo. Um. Uh, Emma Wines. I had my daughter at 21. We've grown up together. I had no clue what I was doing. Gave me so much compassion for my parents. I admit my mistakes and apologize to her often. Humanizes me. Word. 21. Yeah, that's that's the big thing that happens, right? You start to really respect your parents after you have kids. You're like, wow, you really loved me this much? Savon, were you that easygoing when it was just Avi, or did it take some time to, uh, to be so chill? That's a great question because I see it all the time with parents at the gym. They'll have their first kid, and it's like, you know, they want to build a whole thing around them, like don't. And then by the time they stroll in with like the second one, they're like over in the corner, like dealing with some big weight. And they're like, they're fine. You know, <laughs> it's a different tolerance between kid one and kid two. What we call it in my house is like benign neglect. So basically what happens is it happened with our dog, right? So we had this dog and we always had it by our side. And as soon as we had Avi, the dog just started getting neglected. And it was so much better for the dog. The dog just was like escape out of the house. He got to explore the neighborhood. We weren't always riding the dog's jock. I I don't know. I don't think I was ever easy on Avi. I always let him fall a lot and I made him do hard shit. The thing that, the thing that where I handicapped Avi is that I still do so much shit for him, right? Like he's eight. He just learned how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And when I was eight, I could make a full breakfast peanut butter and jelly sandwich, eggs, omelets, grate the cheese, cut the garlic, like because I just could because my mom just let me do that. I was the second child. I don't know if my sister could do that. So in that regard, what happens is is you have three kids. So 
I'm, this is going to be crazy to say my kids like at eight years old, obviously still one of the only kids I know, like he always demands I go to the bathroom with him still he, the other day he went to a public restroom without me and I couldn't even fucking believe it. I mean, I have so babied him <laughs> on that level. And so, um, so yeah, probably it's not so much that I, but I do, I've always let him do, I've always let him fall. I've always let him hurt himself. I always let him hang from rings. He's pretty, um, I convinced myself, this is how I did it with Avi. I can, I always had rings hanging in my house and I convinced myself that, that all my kids have the greatest grip in the world. And so basically once they get their hands on something, they're good to go. I have such confidence in their, their staying power. So I always let them climb, climb high fences and yeah, I've always been. I'm an athlete uh, to it. They're trained yeah. for that. Yeah, they're trained for that. Sure they're actually. really, they're really, uh, they're they're really good kids too. That um, they, they, I, 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 everything that's wrong with them, I for sure created. Yeah, like all I, their shortcomings. I like uh, Trish's question about the um, yeah, what is the the line between having a wild child and having a rude kid? I find that a delicate balance. I think it it all depends on how the they respond when the behavior either needs to be slowed down, stopped, or corrected. From my point of view, as not being a parent, because I'll have kids in the gym, and sometimes we have a little play area, and sometimes they go nuts, and it starts to get a little overboard. They throw the toys out of the room or something like that, or they come out of there and do stuff. And if I come over, kind of like the you know the stranger adult, and I'm like, hey guys, I need you to keep the toys in the room. Please don't throw the stuff. This is my stuff. Please don't throw it. And you guys can hang out there and uh, and have a good time, or you come sit here on the couch. And then the kids that are good and that are, you know, they just stop. They're like, oh, shit, we just got in trouble with that adult. Okay. And they'll like grab in. They'll claim they'll kind of sit down. And the ones that are just being wild will kind of give you this look, wait for a second, and then go right back to the behavior or not even just completely not acknowledge you at all. And that's when you know that it hasn't been because kids are going to be kids, right? Yeah, I spot how they respond. Yeah, I spot all the time. And I, ne- and I always try to use words that are action words like squeeze, not be careful or I, or are you okay? I always use words like squeeze tighter. You're so strong. Affirming. Wow. Your skills. Yeah. Just, I use affirming. Uh, I, I cannot stand rude kids. I have no tolerance for kids. I'm a kid should be seen and not heard kind of guy. 51% of the time. I, my kids should never, if I'm talking to Matt Susan, we're at the beach. My kids should never come over and interrupt. I have fucking my kids. I want my kids to be that perfect dog. When a friend comes over to your house and they bring their dog and you're upset. And next thing you know, you realize the dog just sits there, doesn't move. And you're like, wow, that's a great dog. You end up loving the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up loving the dog. That's what you want for your kids. I've told the story a million times. My friend brings my, my friend who I hadn't seen in a while comes over to my house. He brings his kids with him. Um, I think I forget how old the kid was. He's probably 10 years old and I had bought him some, some gifts. So when he came over, they were staying for three days. You know, I wanted to schmooze the kid right away. So I had some gifts for him. I had these really cool, like steel spinners, expensive spinners. And I gave it to him and he took it from me and he didn't say thank you. And the dad asked him to say thank you like 20 times and he wouldn't. And then the dad turns to me and I love this guy. And he says, Hey, don't worry. He'll say thank you later. If that's my fucking kid, I'd take that fucking spinner from him. And I would tell him that he can't have it. If I was calm, I would tell him he can't have it until he says thank you now and writes a letter. (laughs) And he can sit over there and do it. And part of that's like could be humiliating for the kid, but uh, it it could be done tactfully. There is no – I don't give my kids any wiggle room when it comes to being around other adults. Throwing toys. Yesterday I went to the fucking park. Parents, 
Do not let your kids bring toys to the park. First of all, remember, everyone hates your kids. <laughs> you have to know that your baseline. Everyone hates your kids. Everyone, except your the grandparents and you. Do not bring toys to the park. I, I would go to the park uh, two days ago in Newport Beach, and there's three or four slides there. And a kid has is, is sliding his uh, eight-year-old kid and a three-year-old kid. Their brothers are sliding tractors down the slide. I tell my kids out loud so the other dad can s hear. Stay away from the slide. Don't go over there until those kids leave. One of my, my Ari goes, because someone's going to get hurt, right? I go, 100%. Not more than 30 seconds later, the eight-year-old slides the fucking tractor down the slide and fucking hits the fucking three-year-old in the face. Uh, what did you think was going to happen? You're not even a new parent. You have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. Have you never been to the park? Dude, the park has plenty of toys. Leave your kids' toys at home. No one wants your kids' toys at the park with their kids. Don't let your kid – my kids aren't allowed the, – there's always one jackass kid running around with a stick in the park. Now, now the parents hate you and your kid. Well, the, the intelligent parents. The one on their phone doesn't give a shit working on her TikTok. I mean, just use some fucking common sense. That So you don't have to be a di dick to your kid, but you have to have very strict discipline. It just has to be just constant, constant um, discipline. If your kid's not fucking polite, they need to pay the fucking consequences. And the only reason why is because you want people to like your kid. When people like you, your life's easy. When people don't like you, your life sucks. And I'm not saying you have to sell out and become woke. I'm saying you have to have some common decency. I saw a video with the liver king the other day and he was like celebrating that his kids were burping at the dinner table. I, I, I draw the line there. You don't, you don't burp at the dinner table. You try not to You say, excuse me. No one wants your air coming out onto them, <laughs> especially smelly air. And, uh, Hey, um, you, uh, my son's autistic. Uh, we, even though he doesn't quite grasp social cues, he knows when to say please. And thank you. Oh yeah. That's huge. Please. Thank you. Eye contact, shake hands. Hey, there's this kid. He, he, it's actually right by Allison's house, Allison NYC's house on the beach. There's this autistic kid. That, and when I say kid, I mean he's 20. And he comes down there with his father a couple times a week. And he puts cones up around him so no one can get close to him. And he makes bubbles. And they are the craziest bubbles you've ever seen. Bubbles as big as cars. Little bubbles. He has all these different wands that he dips into a bucket. It makes different kinds of bubbles. He'll make like... A thousand little bubbles at one time. It's crazy. It is. It is so cool. Uh, okay. Um, number three twelve. Three twelve. Three twelve. And then we we'll, maybe we'll get to uh, Emma, Emma's comment. <clears throat> yeah, bubbles, dude. Get him into bubbles. Bubbles are amazing. People love bubbles. He gets reward. I always give him twenty bucks. People always give him money. <laughs> you. He'll, it's such a pleasant experience. Attracted to the person who recreates the emotional experience we have as children. It is the emotional experience that is our addiction. We think that we get attracted to a person who resembles our father or our mother. If it only was so clear. No. Now if you go back to your childhood and how you predominantly felt and now go again. I attracted that person. 
to awaken and evoke the same emotional experience. Go to the next intimate relationship. Same emotional experience. Till, of course, you change course and awaken. So I don't know if you guys caught that. Sorry about the call. But basically what happened is she's saying that you're attracted to people so that you can keep reliving your emotional experiences through them, through pain that was created by your parents. And that was sort of the analysis that I was giving you of what's going on with Liver King. But I want to say this. She almost has it right. There is a caveat to that. There's an exception to that. You could find the perfect person and then sabotage the relationship because they won't give you what you want. They won't give you the pain that you're looking for. They won't betray you. So you'll set them up for betrayal. And you have to also realize that at some point you can use that person and forgive them for how they betray you to help overcome the the hurt that you received previously in your life. It's not quite as quite cut and clear as she's making it. It's not that you keep running away from those people or you may have found someone who actually is the right person and you may set them up for failure. And I see that all the fucking time. And in essence, and I know you guys have heard me say this a lot before, in essence, that's what's going on today with sexism and racism. There's people out there who see racism. The vast majority of racist things that people claim that they're seeing, they're not seeing any. They're not seeing. And they're demanding that they see it because they believe it's out there and your beliefs are your identity. So anything that you think you are or that is real, you will start demanding to see it in your world. And there's a quote that I've been reading. Um, uh, 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 I've read it a few times on the show. The last couple of shows I've read it. If you have imaginary problems, you will never solve them. Only real problems can be solved. And so if you demand their sexism and racism out in the world when there's not, those problems will never go away. And so, so you have you have to be you have to uh, you have to be careful with that with what she's saying. You can, you you have to be careful not to use that and play the victim role. You can't find a great woman and then and then uh, and, and then not have compassion for her or also allow her to heal her wounds or also project onto her that she's doing something wrong just because you're a jealous piece of shit because you've been hurt in the past. So, uh, it's it's a it, it's a little more tricky than what what she's saying. The mind wants to validate its identity. That's always what it's doing. That's why you get up and move or else you would never get up and move. You would never get out of bed. It's trying to validate its existence. It's, and it's all mm. fake. It's all fake. That's why we move. That's why we move. I wish I could. It's <laughs> a good attempt. Thank you. Uh, 311. I, this is one of those videos I watched like 20 times. This is, I can't even tell what's going on here. Uh, obesity in America. Wait, was that the right? 311. Okay, yeah. I'm actually fascinated by this woman's body. It looks like a caricature. Um, is it the same one? This Twitter one here? This one? Oh, no. Sorry. Wrong one. This okay. one's interesting too, though. Let's look at this. We, oh, we okay. click the map. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, click the map. Okay. On the left is 1990. Obesity in the United States. I'm looking at the states and I'm seeing that the most obese state in 1990 is uh, uh, 20 to 24.9% of its residents are obese. 
and I don't know what state that is. I don't know if that's like Mississippi. It's the one next to Alabama. Is that Mississippi? <laughs> I'm so terrible at geography. I'm going to give it an attempt. Yeah, Wait, I think it's, it's Georgia, like- Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. I think that's Mississippi. Now look in 2018. That's crazy. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, Mississippi is uh, 15, 15 to 20% of the people were obese in, uh, in Mississippi in 1990. Now, yeah. today, in 2018, it's over 35%. And the whole map has completely changed colors. Yeah, every, every, I mean, majority of it's in the, yeah, it wasn't even in the yellow, red, or, or purple in 1990. And now the whole thing is the, or just yellow, red, and purple. And and just right. to draw this connection here, because there, we are CrossFitters, look at the skinniest state in the country now. It's Colorado. It's yeah. also the whitest state in the country. And yet these fucking morons thought that Eric Rosa was going to move by CrossFit and move it to Boulder, Boulder, Colorado, the whitest fucking town in the United States, whitest, richest town in the United States. And, 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 and the woke crowd was like, yay, he's our savior. Let me tell you where you move fucking CrossFit headquarters if you fucking if you're truly believe in the woke idea. Atlanta. Atlanta. Home of Chuck Carswell. Ding dongs. Like still, Colorado will always be white and skinny Boulder. Rich tech people. God, if you guys have not been to Boulder, you you would not believe the way the men look there. I've never been to Boulder. Hey, you know what else? This cute- it's like the healthy version of Portland. It's all like skinny, like beta dudes, like with pants that are way too tight. And they, and like they have the skinny North Face jacket dude. on that's so fucking tight. Everyone there like running 50 miles is like nothing for, for them. <laughs> this map should also say a uh, percentage of sick adults. Because like if you're obese, it's only a matter of time, right? Your body's always yes. in overdrive. You're Chronic disease. Tons of Chronic disease. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like this is how sick the country is too. Yeah, and um you get you you know that uh Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky, West Virginia, and North Dakota all have the highest rates of chronic disease and, and premature death. All wear Patagonia, yeah, shit like that. Yes, yes, it's so crazy. <laughs> They're not even dudes. It's like the weirdest manifestation of a man. Same in Portland. Imagine tr- being born a man and trying to swim against that. <laughs> yes, they are harmless men. Yes. I, yeah, they're harmless men. Yes. Harmless. They're not even... They're men. They have penises. They're... It's weird. I, I need to go check it out. <laughs> Such a weird. I mean, you can. It, it's weird. These different cities you go in, and you see these different manifestations. Man, Portland's another one. Like they're they're swimming against. I mean, I'm all for swimming against stuff, but not against your biology. Like, just that can't be fun. Have you seen this um, Heidi um, Krum doppelganger? Did I send you that? Did I show you yeah, that? Yeah, we, we checked it out last time. Is it in the notes here? <laughs> it's in the notes somewhere. Yeah. Someone sent me a Heidi doppelganger. It's crazy. It's actually just Heidi's other account. She just doesn't want us to know. I I, I wonder, I bet you that... No, I'm not going to say that. That's mean. 
I just I, I bet that those relationships would be fascinating to watch. Those relationships between men and women in Boulder. Mm. Heidi has aggressive tea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Emma Wines, my CrossFit teens coach had a rule for us that we couldn't date guys who couldn't deadlift more than us. Dating pool is small in Colorado. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I'm glad that would be bad for me too. I can't, I had a year jump start on my wife in CrossFit and although still I think maybe one, yeah, still got crushed. I think I, I could always deadlift more than her. Even, but but nothing else. I she crushes me. Yeah, but I don't really picture uh, Haley as like the shit talking type after she wins a workout. No, she feels bad for me. Oh, yeah, stomps come, on my dick and then and then feels bad for me. Yeah, well, oh, come, you're doing you're doing great. Good job. <laughs> come work proud out with Gray. She's just gonna you. talk shit. Yeah, <laughs> she'll beat some of these uh, guys. Like she'll come down and work out with like the firefighter academy, and she'll be crushing them in a workout. And she's like, "You guys are pathetic. Come on." Oh, awesome. And they're just like. Uh, and then she'll go to the leaderboard and there's like a small group of us that are somewhat competitive at the gym. We kind of look at each other's scores and stuff and she'll just get on there and just talk trash. And one of the other guys is like, this isn't fair because every single time you beat us, you talk all this shit. And the second you get beat, you're like, well, yeah, this was, I'm I'm the girl in the workout. So (laughs) she plays the double standard. This is a, this, you should be able to overhead press your girlfriend's weight. Well, I'm screwed. My, my, uh, strict press is pathetic you could probably out strict press me i bet what's your strict press 135 yeah we're dating like the the same i mean i haven't tried it in years when i first came into crossfit it was 135 and after doing crossfit for fucking 10 years it was 135 one time i didn't go shoulder to overhead for a year because my shoulder was so fucked up and by shoulder overhead i mean just nothing you know no snatches or jerks or shit like that i mean some my hand would go over my head and yeah. uh, and and then I and then I did stri- and then I maxed out my strict press again. And it was one thirty five. Yeah, I think the best I ever had was one fifty. But I but I behind the neck push trick three um or split trick three thirty five. You took three thirty five off the rack. It's in the box. I did and, it and got in, it overhead in vans and sweatpants. Wow, see it. That's crazy. Were you tripping? Um, yeah, but I was like. This is when I was like working out like a lot and like, you know, strength training quite a bit and stuff like that. So it wasn't, it was like a slow, you know, like evolution. Um, but yeah, that was seeing if I could. If I hey, if I, Alan, if I knew what I knew now, you're kind of fucked if you're a small dude that likes six chicks. I swear to God, if I knew what I knew now and I had the, the, the values that I had when I was 20, I would have made it a goal to sleep with 20 women who were double blind body weight. A hundred percent. Oh, 315. I would have loved to have just had that in my resume. Wow. Wow. That's 315. Yeah. Wow. I think I've had 215 over my, I think I clean and jerk 215 once and that's the most <laughs> I ever did. Wow. Yeah. See, I used to be strong. That's a, you're not anymore. You did. You're not two, strong anymore. 220 snatch off the low blocks. Did you get hurt? Why aren't you strong anymore? You got hurt or busy? No, just don't don't train the same like oh. I used to. I mean, I could still. I'm still basically. Good you like, bought those blocks and you felt obligated to use them. <laughs> that's it. That's right. I know that feeling. <laughs> Trained on them. Got a three fifteen behind the next jerk. Called it a day. <laughs> I had this girlfriend in college. 
I want to remember her name so bad. She she was I can't even describe her to you. She was over six feet tall and she was this blonde girl. She was eighteen. I was probably like twenty three. And she came up to me one day and said, I really like you. It was at a coffee shop. And I was like, wow, this is fucking weird. I was homeless at the time, I'm sure. And she and I go, yeah. And we start talking. And she goes, yeah, you remind me of those little uh, jars of jam. <laughs> you know, those little tiny ones? Yes. I like those, though. <laughs> And I went out with her for, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And then eventually, you know, she, she moved on and I, and I was kind of, it actually hurt. That actually hurt me a little bit. I actually really liked her. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's, he looks like a jar. I'm 5'9". I was with the girl six 6'2". Yeah, this girl was hurt. This girl's dad, she, this girl's dad slept on, on, on just like wooden planks. I went to their house one time. He didn't sleep in the house. He slept in the backyard in a little shed on wooden planks. Do you, do you know the story behind that? Like what? what he was, was just, he was just a, like, you know, he's like a Krishna dude. Like, he, was he wasn't like the liver King. He wasn't all jacked <laughs> like the liver King. He did the ancestral tenants. He did nine of the 10 ancestral tenants. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't do anything with her, but man, it was, it was, it's like dating a jungle gym. Fucking crazy. Okay. Uh, so we know America's getting fat. Stop it. Stop. Just go work out and move. Just stop. Take someone to a CrossFit gym. Just just find someone and take them to a CrossFit gym today. Take them to an affiliate. Introduce them to the affiliate owner. Pay for their class. You know what? Here's the deal. Any, just take someone who's into an affiliate and just be like, Sevon says that um, your first three classes are free. I promise you all affiliates will. Yeah. Little jam. Yeah. Sevon little jam. Use code Sevon for your first three uh, classes at CrossFit Livermore or your nearest CrossFit affiliate. I had an, I had a, so I had, I had another girlfriend that was actually six feet tall who I dated for a long time for probably over a year. One of those girls, the, the first girl I told you about was like flat, like a board. Like she just had nipples. This other girl that I dated had these, the biggest boobs you've ever seen in the world. <laughs> I forgot about that. Homeless then too. Homeless then too. I'm telling you, it was a yeah. Well, that's the secret. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I was like, I was pretty sure. I was like, that girl uh, hates me now too. That sucks. That girl hates me. I think I broke her heart. That second girl with the giant boobs. I think she fucking hates my guts now, which really sucks. I really still, like her. Like still to this day though. Still to this day, we have mutual friends. She, I think she felt like I, I, I wasn't honest with her or something. Did you ever have a Facebook group made about you though? I uh, God, I, I don't know. I, I do not go on Facebook or TikTok. <laughs> like, like maybe once a year on accident if I click a link too fast. <laughs> Did you have a Facebook group made about you? Yeah. Some girl, you hurt her, you hurt some girl or she got hurt by you and she made a Facebook group? Crazy. Was it a whole, was it a whole bunch of girls that were hurt by you and they just commiserated? <laughs> kind of. Wow. It was wow. like, so this was years back, but uh, it was like right out of high school. And when I first got the job at a restaurant, I worked didn't at it. didn't even a, have Facebook when I was dating this girl, by the way. There wasn't even internet, but go on. Yeah. This, this had like just started to get like, 
popular. And uh, I was talking to this one girl that I was like working with. And then I was talking to this other girl who is like friends of uh, like our friend group or whatever. And, um, and they both like wanted to be in a relationship and stuff like that. And I was always just kind of like, you know, I was like the cool dude, like, oh yeah, I know I don't put labels on it and stuff like that. And I always use this excuse. I'm like, you guys are going off to college because they're, they're going to school, you know? And then fucking, <laughs> they end up being roommates, dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They're like, and they, oh, and they, they concocted the idea and... to do a Facebook group on you after that? I didn't have Facebook for like, I didn't even have Facebook until like a year or two after I owned an affiliate. Like I was anti-social media. My social media was CrossFit.com. That was it. Wow. And it was just fucking hilarious because they're like, yeah, you know, there's a face Facebook group about you, right? And I was like, no. And they're like, yeah. Showed me and it was just them being like, this guy's an asshole and blah, blah, blah. Kind oh, that funny. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I a, like, I have a Reddit, I have a I Reddit 20. thread like, I have a Reddit thread like that, that every once in a while someone sends to me. It's 150 comments of people telling me that I'm a misogynistic, yeah. creepy pedophile. All the, the, all the craziest shit you could ever. Dude, 20. I'm sure, old. I'm sure it's my 20 of my closest friends on there. I always used to make the joke too, like, cause I never really played video games that much. Like there's still, you hear like even some of the, like these adults that are like, oh, I'm into like gaming, like whatever, that's cool. But I always made the same joke. I was like, what? Video games? I play bitches. I don't play station. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that'll, that'll help your reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 310, the court has spoken it's weird it's weird that someone at least your facebook group like the people knew you i don't think any of these people like 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 sporty beth like i don't know her i think i've only i think i was actually running the media department and i sent someone else someone out to film with her and celebrate her successes (laughs) (laughs) isn't it ironic don't you think (laughs) okay uh, you can't prove one valid source saying that the vaccine doesn't greatly reduce your risk of catching and spreading COVID or being hospitalized or dying. This is this guy's response. This guy's a great smile. What a beautiful man. <laughs> you can't provide one valid source. It's a New York Supreme Court decision. The vaccine doesn't prevent transmission stop you from getting it, or prevent you from ending up in the hospital and dying. Back pay was ordered. I don't know what other information you need. Supreme Court said the jab doesn't work. Regardless of what your doctor tells you, the Supreme Court ordered back pay for thousands of workers. But I know MSM didn't want to tell you that, and I know where you get all your information from is the idiot box that's in your living room. But when you look for things yourself, or when you open up your algorithm and stop listening to people who listen and think exactly the same way you do, that's called an echo chamber. And when you're in an echo chamber, no new facts come in. That's why you leave comments like this. And that's why I have to make you look uninformed and silly. Well, you still look handsome. <laughs> hey, uh, great okay. skin. Yeah. Uh, 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 Paper Street Coffee, I respect Susan so much more now. Yeah, some texture to the character. The nice, <laughs> the nice man has spilled some some female, some female. <laughs> Jiggy Josh, but oh, you were that guy. No, to be clear, I wasn't a total douche. I was I still was. a good dude. I like. I, was. I wasn't mean to girls, but I wanted a lot of girlfriends. 
I'm just, you know, Jiggy, when you're a high value man, such as I was in my spry young 20s, some people are going to be let down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. By the way. Uh, 309, get your booster. Get your booster. Trying to see. I can't wait to get home and get headphones that don't hurt my head. Now, we know that myocarditis and pericarditis are two heart inflammation conditions well associated with the COVID mRNA injections. Even the Therapeutics Association admits that. Yet, despite this well-established fact, the injections were mandated to thousands of Australians. And speaking out about these incursions on freedom got one labelled an anti-vaxxer or a peddler of dangerous misinformation. Now, I've obtained data through Freedom of Information from SA Health in South Australia regarding the number of cardiac presentations per month in South Australian public hospitals since 2018. The data reveals that cardiac-related presentations for 15 to 44-year-olds remain steady at 1,100 per month from January 2018, but drastically spiked in July 2021 through November 2021, peaking at 2,172 per month, just as these injections were rolled out. They almost doubled. Then there was another spike in February of this year, right around the time when the boosters were being mandated. These injections are harming and in many instances killing our young people. So what does SA Health have to say about this? Nothing. They continue to roll out the injections. They continue to push the injection narrative. This injection campaign is going to go down as the greatest scandal in medical history. None of you said a single thing. Why Why would he have to use the Freedom of Information Act to get the numbers? Did you hear that? So basically he's saying when the, when the injection was rolled out in South, in, uh, South Australia, the number of uh, cardiac incidents doubled in, I forget what he said, like 15 to 45 or something. But he had to use the Freedom of Information Act to get that? Damn. Oi, 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 oi. It's not looking good. Hey, how about this guy? Well, we'll get to it. That I, I saw that the guy who died over in Cater, Qatar, Cater. Um, oh, the uh, soccer was soccer player, right? Uh, uh, no, no, he was a reporter. He was oh. a reporter uh, reporting on soccer, and he had a heart attack there. He was like forty-five or forty-seven. But so I saw recently uh, that he had posted something on Instagram. I think I have a link to it that basically says, "Hey, jackasses, get your vaccine." And then, of course, he ends up dying. He also tried to wear what the, the irony is, too, is he also tried to bring a LGBT uh, flag into the stadium, even though they were told not to. Um, number. Uh, OK, so th- I, this is 308. We kind of talked about this already, but I said, I know I'm doing a good job when my wife says you're being too hard on the boys. 308. boys grow up to be undisciplined men. Do you know the problem you're going to have? Yes. Undisciplined men end up in the hospital or in a prison. Or they end up in a grave. I got four daughters and three sons. I raised my sons entirely different than I raised them girls. Because I had to. Because it's a different set of expectations on the boys. Now, do I want my girls to be successful? Yes. Do I want them to get equal pay? Yes. Do I want them to be treated fairly? Yes. Do I let men run over them? Ain't no way. I've raised my daughters to be strong, independent, and all of that. Nigger lover. 
girls got college degrees, but them sons of them. white men wouldn't be having a whole bunch of dogs. had these boys. I ain't over here trying to turn the girls into women because I don't know how. I, I know nothing. But I know about these boys, and I know what it takes to be a man, so I got them. Now, my wife has told me, you're too hard on them boys. Discipline that, uh, by the way, you cropped off the writing, so we couldn't read it. But um, that was someone who called in. That was going to be a, a – a, that, that was someone who called in who just was started that a, spewing hate. Yeah, was that a – that was a cranker there? Yeah, that was a crank, crank call. call. I want, you know I can call you back too, right? Or I could use this – I have this software where I can review, re- reverse the, uh, the call and find out who you are and then release your name. You, you know that, right? Like if you call on the show and do shit like that. I could just put plug it into the internet, and I have that service where I pay seventy nine dollars a year, and they find me the names of anyone's. And you know, there's shitloads of people who listen to the show who are also in uh, Secret Service, right? Crossfitters, don't be stupid. Don't set yourself up for that. I'm not interested in doing that to you, but don't be dumb. I'm glad it happened then because I couldn't even really hear anything. It sounded like something, yeah. and then I couldn't tell if it was like something else playing on my computer. Like what the hell was going on? And then when I started to, to hear what it was saying, I was like, oh yeah, cut that off. That's something fucking caller hey dude you better check yourself there i hung up on him <laughs> Did you call? I yeah you yeah, called again uh, um it's always dudes there's, always. No, there's no there's no women who call in and always. just start screaming racial shit on the phone why is it always some guy and I always feel like it's the same people that would be on that Reddit thing that would like write stuff bad you know oh this that this that then comes on here and fucking calls um, I'm, I want to play a game with you. Okay, guys? You guys ready for the game? I'm going to show you a video. Uh, yeah, exactly, Jay. You definitely heard a certain word, and he is a turd. Um, uh, uh, three, uh, uh, 307, I'm going to show you a video, and this game is called Democrat or Republican. I want you to decide. You can write in the comments here. <laughs> is this a Democrat or a Republican? Uh, you you um you decide now before i'm going to paint this picture for you it's uh guys at a band practice and two of them have masks on and uh and they're sharing a beer so that that that's what that's all you're seeing here so if you could zoom in a little it's dark i want you to know are these democrats or republicans no sound doesn't need the sound no you can play the sound go ahead you can hear how shitty this band is I, I'm like, these guys are wearing Colorado. Are someone's Colorado. Living, yeah, it's Colorado. These guys are wearing masks in someone's living room, drinking a fucking beer. First of all, if you wear a mask, you don't get to drink a beer. You don't get to do anything that hurts your health. And and then he's sharing the beer with the singer. Do you know where singer's mouth has been? That's so weird. Democrat or Republican, you decide what those guys are. Hey, did you say? Did I hear this from you? Did you say that the the mask was the Democrat uh, MAGA hat? No, I, I've heard that before. I don't think that was mine, though. Okay, I wish I could take ownership of it. So true. Is it the same dude again. Go find something else to do, buddy. 
Uh, okay. Um, what, what's, what's interesting about that too is, is that it's consistent with the, the, the whole premise of all the premises the Democrats have. There's just no logic. It's, it's all, it's just all just virtue signaling shit. It's just, Hey, I got the mask on. I'm sharing a beer. Like there's no logic to it, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm checking all the boxes. Just, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. It was about as smart yeah. as the you could go into the restaurant and wear your mask, but once you sit down, you could take your mask off. Yeah, like, yeah. that was just. The I wear the chaps. I have the spurs. I own a horse. I have a hat. I don't. I don't ride the horse, but I'm a cowboy. You know, it's gonna be uh, crazy as time all goes the on, and people are gonna look back at that period, like as it's further, further distance from us, and we're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, how did all those people fall for that? Like, how in the world did anybody go along with that? It was so blatantly, like, made no sense, and there was no logic to it whatsoever. But yet, here we all are, mask on when I go into the restaurant, well, mask on when gonna, I sit down. The, the people, I, I don't think the people who already, like, I know a lot of liberals, and they have no idea what's going on, because they refuse to look at any outside media. They refuse. Yeah, um, so strange. Hold right? on, I'm dealing with your mom right now. Is that really the same, dude? Yeah. Fucking persistent. Um, I've uh, I, I want to let you that. know that I've changed my mind about something. I was adamantly against men participating in women's sports, but I was so close-minded. Three oh six. My whole perspective has changed. I wasn't looking at the situation clearly, and I want you to know that I've changed my position, and I have found an exception where men should not only participate in women's sports, but they should be encouraged to participate in, in women's sports. Is this your sister's phone you're using? Yeah. Yeah. You switch phones? You tricky little devil? Uh, <laughs> hey, no, he, was no, just no. About, he was just clearing the show. Yeah, he's going to say something. I forgot that I used to get super nervous when the phone would ring, and now I'm like, I snap back. I have like PTSD, and when that when it went off and you answered, I was like, oh, I'm nervous again. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, action. I'm okay with uh, trans women competing in women's sporting events. <laughs> as long as I'm allowed to bet. Yes, I would like to put all my money on the lady with the size 11 sneaker, please. I've got a feeling about her. I'm okay. There you go. When betting's involved. That's pretty funny. You are allowed and encouraged to compete against the women. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 305. Whoa. Oh, I wonder if there's a typo. Nuns? Just says nuns. Oh, this is a nasty joke. Listen, if you have kids listening to the show, now is where you uh, send them to the bathroom or something. Have them grab you a beer or something. This, <laughs> this one, this is a long joke, and uh, it's long. Um, they could probably go to the bathroom even, but uh, this one is not for uh, children, unless they're boys over 14. Nuns drives off the edge of a cliff, and they all die. But they arrive at the pearly gates and they are greeted by St. Peter. Sisters, welcome to heaven. Now, please line up. I've got to ask you each a single question before I can let you in. So St. Peter turns to the first nun and says, I need to know, have you ever touched a penis? And Sister Margaret coyly responds, 
Well, there was this one time I might have touched one with just the tip of my pinky finger. No problem, Sister Margaret. Go ahead and dip that pinky in this holy water and I'll let you in. And then he turns to the second nun. I need to know, have you ever touched a pinky? Well, there was one time I held one in the palm of my hand. No problem. Dip your hand in this holy water and I'll let you in. About this time, there's a ruckus towards the middle of the line, so St. Peter heads back to see what's happening. One nun is trying to cut in front of another nun. Sister Susan, Sister Susan, what's the rush? Everybody's going to get in, just wait your turn. And Sister Susan says, well, if I'm going to have to gargle this stuff, I'd rather do it before Sister Mary puts her ass in it. A bus full of nuns drives up. I'm sorry the dirt bag over is over. Okay, uh, so now you know um, if you're in line to get in, you want to be at the front of the line before the uh, <laughs> holy water gets tainted. Someone gets an enema. Uh, 304. Oh, you know what I should skip to? I want to skip to this real quick. Uh, the other day I talked to you about, guys, about what the petrodollar is. Petrodollar? Petrodollar. And I wasn't sure if I told you guys correctly, but I actually did tell you correctly. And I'm going to tell you guys one more time just so you know. But it's not as bad as I originally said it was, even though it's not good, at least from uh, – I researched it further. So I'm going to tell you guys again what the petrodollar is. Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon uh, I went to Saudi Arabia, or at least Kissinger did, and they made a deal with the Saudis. They said the United States will protect you forever um, from getting your ass whipped by anyone, like if the Jews came over and wanted to light you up or something or the Russians or some shit. Um will protect you as long as everyone you sell oil to, you make them buy with dollar bills, with the dollar. How cool is that? So the Saudis said, awesome. So when you do that, you supercharge our, our economy. Because now everyone, whether you're China, Finland, fucking uh, Belgium, Australia, South Africa, whatever, if you're buying oil from the Saudis, you got to first buy our dollar. And that supercharges our economy. Recently, and when I say recently, in the last six years, China has been uh, in negotiations with Saudi Arabia to allow them to start taking their money. We would like you to take our, I think it's called the yuan or something. I forget what it's called, but whatever they have in, uh, in China. Twenty-six, And then here's just some numbers to contextualize what's going on here. Um, uh, 26% of the oil the Saudis sell every year goes to China. 7% of their oil comes to the United States. Worldwide sales, okay? This is this is interesting. Worldwide sales total in the oil, in the oil exchange worldwide for 2022, not just Saudi Arabia, but worldwide will be 2.2 trillion dollars of oil will be will will be purchased in 2022 in the world. This is to help contextualize why I don't think it's as big of a deal. It's not good that, that if, if China gets this deal with Saudi Arabia, because it could be a slippery slope, but it's not as bad as I thought. Um, China buys uh, $8.2 billion worth, okay, $8.2 billion worth of oil a year from Saudi Arabia, $8.2 billion. But now listen to this. 80% of all transactions around the world that involve money involve the U.S. dollar. And I can't even fucking believe this number. At $6.6 .6 trillion a day. 
a day. Yeah, a day. That's basically 8% of the world's economy switches hands every single day. It's some shit like that. And so, so which, I mean, I guess I can kind of believe. It. And I come up with that number of 8% because I think there's about $100 trillion almost in circulation. Before the pandemic, I heard there was only $66 trillion. But so, so this $8.2 billion is like nothing is what I'm trying to say to you relative to whatever 80% of 6.6 trillion is because every single because 80% of all the transactions not just in oil but 80% of all transactions around the world are done in the US dollar. So this helps you kind of contextualize it if it's only 8.2 billion. But the problem is this, if China gets that deal with Saudi Arabia, does it turn into a slippery slope? And so we want I, I never even knew this. It shows how little I know about uh, the, the economy that that's that's got to be the biggest reason why one of our, our economies are so strong. And by the way, when you put that in perspective to what privilege is, there's no privilege that transcends that, not the color of your skin, not if you're a man, not if women get paid less than men, nothing. The fact that all of us live in a country where 80% of the transactions happen in our money for the entire planet separates us as a group from the rest of the world like no other. And the fact that anyone could complain about anything while we have that privilege, and I wouldn't use the word privilege, but for the sake of the woke crowd, you're fucking nuts. You are absolutely fucking nuts. And I know it's a lot of numbers, uh, but the big takeaway is is that uh, we should be very we should be very thankful we live here. We should take advantage of what we have, and we should put our heads down and work hard and be good uh, in, ambassadors of this leadership role that we have. Um, and we should we shouldn't fucking ruin it by being social justice warriors. We should either be farmers, innovators, inventors. You should be working hard, and, and that's the greatest way to make a statement too. Like we started the show with too, that we should not be honoring Brittany Griner. We should be glad she got home, but she's not to be celebrated as a hero. Any mom that competed today in the Legends competition is a fucking hero because she's sending a strong message to her kids. All right. The petrodollar. Uh, another interesting thing I, I saw, if you go to 302, I want to show you the reparation, the reparations task force in the state of California. These people have been appointed by Gavin Newsom to try and figure out how much money should be given to black people. There are some serious concerns about this project because they, they're scared that some white people might actually qualify. <laughs> how are they? Like, how I do you make even... that up? Newsweek put post an article concerns that white people might get reparations money. It's so fucking amazing. But I want to tell you what's so scary about this. Look at the task force. Look who they are. The task force. So, the task force has already assumed that it's the right thing to do, right? That The presupposition is that it's the right thing to do. The task force isn't to find out like, hey, will this actually help black people? By the way, the, the worst thing you could do to a group of people is give every, group, every person in that group $200,000 they didn't earn. I'm telling you, that will be the quickest demise of those people who get that money. Dirtbag, go away. So, um, I, but anyway, look at the task force. Look how many white people are on the task force. Mm. 
They got a Japanese guy. Looks like none. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And if you go through, I'll go down to this girl. Uh, go, I went to that. The girl down in the bottom left, I went to her Instagram, but with the uh, blue and uh, red dress. Her name is uh, Camila Moore. Her Instagram is exactly what you think it would be. Does the, where does the link take it? Does it take you there? Oh No. But but it's 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 crazy. It's a mix of like bathing suit pictures and Malcolm X shit, which is crazy because Malcolm X would never. This is so far off the beaten path of what Malcolm X would be supporting. Yeah, you would get rep if you lived in California. You'd get reparations. Hey, and you know what's crazy is what it would do to the fucking economy. So I figured it out. They're talking about giving um five hundred. It's like five hundred and sixty nine billion dollars. So to put that into uh, perspective, that's one third of the tax revenue. I think California brings in like 1.7 trillion a year in tax revenue or something like that. But anyway, I looked up how many taxpayers there were in California and there were 19,000 people, 19 million people who had filed tax returns, 19 million. And I divided 19 million into that 589 uh, billion that they wanted for reparations. And that would be every single taxpayer would have to pay $31,000 to someone else because of the color of their skin. And the premise is is that those people um, with that colored skin, their heritage and what was and, and, and what was built on the back of their parents and grandparents and great grandparents um, was net was was taken as free labor and was never given back to them. And if, if that's the logic, it sure as fuck doesn't seem like two hundred and twenty two thousand dollars per person is enough. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you that this will fucking backfire on us as a civilization because once you give those people that money based on the color of their skin, now everything has changed. There's no such thing as like racism. You can't point, you can't point to it. I could point to a KKK mask. I can point to a swastika. I could point to a man screaming and beating someone, calling them racial slurs. But, but it's an idea that we put on that behavior. But if you pay people, I'm just trying to tell you how words work and how the human mind works. If you pay this group of people, you will have now entangled the dependence on that existence of racism so fucking tight. And the resentment, it, it will tear at the fabric of our society. I'm not sure exactly what the solution is, but reparations are not fucking it. You're, you're, you're basically, you're, you're really, you're really poning up on making something real. That's not real. I know people hate to hear that. There are racist policies. There's things that are written down. I went to meet with the vice president of a major bank in Southern California with my wife. And that vice president told me that they had a policy at the branches in the Glendale area, not to lend money to people with the last name of IAN. That's Armenians. I recognize that there's there's racist policy. But just keep asking yourself, what is racism? Where does it come from? Stop looking out here. Stop looking out here. The answer is not out here. Uh, it's it'd be hard to sort that out too, right? Like, how do you tell where the family like line is now? Today oh, it'll be a giant scam, like, dude. Yeah, be, the whole thing will be a giant scam. 
and none of that thing. money, half that money isn't even going to go where it needs to go. It was Dude, like it's all going to end up in rich white people's hands. That's the fucking, at the end of the road, Yeah, all of that money ends up back in Jeff Bezos' hands and Bill Gates' hands. It's just a scam to take more money from the people and funnel it to the top. It's how it always works. Look at any of the lotto winners. It all ends up back in Bezos' hands. Yeah. yeah. It ends up being in the hands of, of people who work. Can I get my money from Turkey? Word. <laughs> that bus is passed. Uh, okay. Um, okay, that was good. How are you on time? Come on. Uh, three. Let's go to three hundred. This is the this is the reporter who had a heart attack at the World Cup. Um, and uh, prior to him, prior to him. Uh, having this heart attack at the world cup. Uh, he's, he wrote on his, in, on his uh, Twitter, if you're unvaccinated at this point, you're asking to be hospitalized or worse. So he's a huge proponent. He's what we call a pro drug user. He's an extremist uh, uh, pro drug user, um, an extremist uh, in the sense that he believes that kids should be forced to do, uh, take drugs. Um, uh, Grant Wall, longtime U.S. soccer writer, best known for his work at Sports Illustrated, collapsed during a World Cup match Friday in Qatar, Cater. I don't know what the fuck you call it. And later was pronounced dead at the hospital in Qatar. Caller, hi. This is Spam. It's from San Francisco. Hi. Hi. My name is Fred Herbert. Hi, Fred. How are you entertaining this? It's a bot. Yeah. This is Fred. Okay. It's hard to compete with me. I'm fucking good. If you're going to call, have some shit to tell. Have some shit to tell. It's hard to compete with me. I'm the man. Caller, hi. Spam again. You know, there's a whole long list of them. It is. It's just like recordings that are being played when it's answered. Uh, 2023, I'm getting back into it, though. The only reason I could hang with the distance... Oh, okay. I thought... Oh, oh, you're running. Okay. Sorry. Next caller. Next caller. Yes, next caller. One thing I'm not that stoked about, though, is kind of like these like comments. What do they say? They're being mean? Yeah, it's like literally did not age well. I'd rather be hospitalized than dead. I shouldn't have... I shouldn't laugh, but I did. Like, I mean, we're still talking... Like just because he was on the you know the wrong side of the fence so to speak to certain viewpoints nobody like there's no one to just die because of that there's no coming back from that i agree like he's already he's already gone but he's an accomplice aren't we all he's an accomplice and um Hey man, taking taking uh getting behind a drug to let this be whatever the drug is 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 getting behind a force injection, it's a it's a it's an extreme position. It is a extreme, extreme position. Yeah, don't get me wrong, Victor. Uh I, I, I don't I don't I don't I'm not glad the guy died. But but I'm also not surprised. I'm not like, oh my god, I can't believe he died. Yeah, 
Uh, Jethro, my endocrinologist just told me I'm lucky I haven't died yet since I'm not vaxxed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I hope they're right. I, I, I hope we're all wrong. That would be best case scenario. No, no one denies that. No one denies that. At the end of the day, just don't force us who are too scared to take it, to take it, or, what, or whatever, or whatever you want to say is the the reason. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Just experiment on yourself. You guys believe in it so heavenly or uh, heavily. Take it and let us watch. Okay, so. Yeah, and 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 he fit the woke the woke mold. He's also the guy that tried to carry the LGBTQ flag into the right. Fucking, I mean, he fits the the zombie the zombie mold. Like he was he was asleep. He was following towing the party line. Take the Jews to the Auschwitz in the train. You know what I mean? Whatever uh, the boss says, we do it. I'm just doing my job. Like he he was yeah. He's a, he's a company man. So uh, three or four totally common. Have you ever been referred to as bots these days? <laughs> oh. I heard a no, lot of people but, are like, like, oh, you're just a bot. You're just a bot. You're just kind of proceeding with your marching orders. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Have you ever run a marathon? I've never ran. Uh, no, but I've run a, um, when the closed down, when the shutdown first happened, the gym was closed. I ran um, uh, four miles every four hours for 24 hours. Oh, wow. So it's like covered the distance, but not all at one time. Wow. That might be even harder. It was tough. I don't know, I don't know what I'm like, talking about. I, the most I've ever run, I think, is 10 miles. I've definitely walked 30 miles in a day. Yeah, the furthest I think I've only ran at one time is like maybe seven or eight or something like that. Um, but yeah, that, that run was broken up over a couple things. The hard part about that was like getting up at those times throughout the you – know, like I ran once at one and then I ran again at five in the morning. So like you're constantly oh. having to like get yourself up and like play that game in your head and then – I totally screwed up a gig that I would have had with a um, with another uh, firefighter thing at the local college here with their academy because the like we met like via Zoom to like have this talk and I was like right at the end of it and I it it was not going well. <laughs> I was like brain dead trying to like explain what I do. David Weed, I only run to the toilet. Uh, will you zoom in on this? So I think what this lady, this lady's body just absolutely fascinates me. It looks like an, it looks like it can't even be real. Her skin is so taut. She looks like she's filled with air. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it looks like she's filming a raccoon in the street. Okay. Action. I like the music. You want me to keep it? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> she came out of her shoes. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, like wearing like flip flops or something. Back she wearing a CEO shirt? <laughs> hey, I want you to watch one more time and tell me if you can figure out why she fell. I was, I was trying to figure out what she did. Is it her thighs are rubbing together? Is that why she fell falls? Okay, let's see here. She tilts to the left and uh Okay. I'm trying to see if I can. Taking away. 
I wonder uh, if her if her calf breaks. I wonder if something breaks. <laughs> I think I think she fell because um she hasn't ran in a while and she's a bit a bit top heavy. So I think the center line of gravity went. She and rolled. If your midline's going to be off. Your center bounce is going to be off like hers. You have to practice yeah. running more. It looks so like just she's breaking to a full sprint. It looks like she's running in slides too. So it probably just like <laughs> slipped off and rolled her ankle and hit the dust. Yeah. He said, uh, Jiggy Josh saying, I think she rolled her ankle. Yeah. It kind of looked like that to me too, but it's crazy. I wonder that that's like probably the fastest she's probably running. She just broke off into a full sprint. The locomotion of watching a body run like that, I like to see that in like crazy slow motion. I, I don't think that that's an uncommon scene, by the way. I bet you that happens every five minutes somewhere in the U.S. Someone who's so large goes into a sprint and falls down. It could be a whole show. Looper's real. Goes into a sprint. <laughs> um, uh, this is just a quick one. No surprise here. Uh, Navy SEAL is detransitioning. There was a Navy SEAL who did 13 deployments. It's number 303. Uh, he, when he came back, he wasn't in the right headspace. He became the poster child for transitioning. CNN basically propped him up as like a, a hero because he wanted to be a man that turns into a woman. And now, uh, after a few years of being a woman, he's like, holy fuck, what did I do to myself? And He's not blaming anyone. He's taking full responsibility as he transitions back to a man. But he is saying, like, he's sounding the siren. Like, hey, there's no escape over there. There's no happiness over there. Like, I totally, now I've really destroyed my life. I've really, really, really fucked myself up. No one goes through these transitions who, do, who hasn't had trauma. Caller, hi. Javon. What's up, Jeremy? Jeremy World. What's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, when can I... Uh, and Matt, what's up? I didn't want to be like the caller yesterday to say hi to everybody. What's going on? <laughs> what's up, brother? Uh, when can I move out there, you guys, and get these reparations? Uh, anytime, <laughs> brother. Hey, listen, listen. I'm a little short on cash these days, so you could actually stay at my house uh, for $2,000 a month, um, and uh, and you could join the podcast. I'm down with all of that. I mean, with the reparations that I'm going to get, I can definitely afford $2,000 a month. I appreciate you letting it trickle down to the white man. That's a good, that's very nice of you. <laughs> that's awesome. I am super late to this because I had a, uh, I work for social security and we have all these people that want free money. So I have to take disability claims and all that crap. So I was on the, um, I was about to call for the dad talk the dad stuff talk sure and then i have to do an appointment so i'm a little late to this but so super fast with my situation growing up i grew up in like a super religious uh household like unhealthy it was crazy it was like little house on the prairie in modern times it was it was nuts um and with that came tons of strict stuff you know um no dating literally ever no school uh dance is nothing like it was like go to school come home we're gonna read the bible go to church three were you times a witness? what were you just no it was just um it was pentecostal christian okay so like the people you see like falling out in the church to like from the holy ghost and stuff yeah 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 it was, tongues, it, tongues. it was like that that was my whole childhood like watching people in church like 
speaking in tongues falling out. It was it was pretty wild. Um, and yeah, I can have a whole other conversation about that, but I won't. Um, but with that, like, yeah, all the strictness, all the, you know, all of that came with that. Um, it sucked. I'll be honest. When I look back on it, it sucked. And when I got 18, you know, I did my own thing and, you know, made decisions that weren't the greatest, but it was kind of like trying to make up for all that time. But my point with all of it is my relationship with my dad, my brothers and I, our relationship sucked. Um, he was just this authority figure who was completely disassociated with reality um, and the world and, um, and the effect that this stuff can have on people. And um, it, it was terrible. I mean, he even admitted as when we became adults, um, he was verbally and physically abusive. So like he, when we got bigger than him, he asked us not to retaliate on him. <laughs> I'm wow. not even he did? making that up. Yeah. He straight up asked us not to retaliate on him. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> but then finally I was, probably, I'm 37 now. So I was probably like mid eh, 21, 22, um, kind of getting my shit together. And he, he, um, apologized. He basically apologized wow. and it was a little, it was a little bit easier to, forgive them. Um, but one, I could say one good thing that came out of it is instead of getting caught up in a lot of trouble, like, I mean, you see Milwaukee, like it's, it's not good. Um, instead of getting in in a lot of trouble, it did motivate me to make better decisions, uh, join the military, served, served in the military and then got married, had three kids, you know, and I, I would say, cause I always try to pull the good out of everything. And if I, if I could say one good thing is, is that it kind of motivated me to like make good decisions and also not do to my kids what he did to us. Um, hey, so like, how is he as a grand, how is he as a grandfather? This is wild too. Like for, first of all, picture my dad's from, uh, down south georgia he's like purple black he's so dark so he's like an intimidating guy now he is a absolute cupcake um i think someone else called in earlier and was there was in the comments talking about it i mean if i even raise my voice to my kids he's telling me to calm down and, yeah, and my chill dad's out the and greatest like, granddad who ever lived too isn't that fascinating it is my incredible is how that works father yeah yeah. You think they're trying to make up? I mean, not my dad didn't do anything bad to me. But he he's just my dad was just a workaholic. He was actually fucking amazing to me. But I dad- 100% think my dad is trying to make up because like I said, he he's not a guy to like apologize or admit when he's wrong or anything ever. And for him to even admit that, you know, much later in life, um, you know, I think he's seen he's, you know, 60 something years old now and He's not in the greatest of health, type two diabetic. He doesn't listen to a damn word I tell him about CrossFit and fitness and health. Um, so I think it's like the writing's on the wall. He realizes he effed up and uh, like real bad. And um, there's also so many effects with my brothers and sisters. My older brother, my younger brother, like 34, still lives in their basement. My oldest sister, wow. 42, she just had her third kid out of wedlock. 42 years old, third kid with guys we don't even know who they are um my older brother's kind of all jacked up like he he sees that he he effed up and set us on a 
bad trajectory. And I was like the only one out of four kids to get my shit together. And, and that, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's a wild story. But Where's your dad? Is your dad, is your dad born in the country? Yeah, he's from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia by Atlanta. And where, where are his parents from? Do you know? Well, he had a really rough upbringing too. His, uh, can you see your screen? Can you see your screen? Is your dad this my, black? Well, I got it on pause. Oh, all right. Fuck it. Oh, no, I do see that. Yeah. Is he that black? He's, yeah, he's like, if he's standing in a, by a black wall, you'll only see his teeth and shirt and clothes. That's it. God, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's I mean, going down to visit his family when, when we were kids, it was, it was wild. Like his grandmother, darkest. I couldn't even, we were like scared to say hi to her. God, Wild, it, man. It is, uh, it, it's, it's so amazing how far we are from that now in the United mm-hmm. States. And yet we're still hung up on color. I, I know it's so fucking crazy. I wonder how many, I wonder, I would love to see a, a DNA test on that lady. Like to see what she is. Yeah. Like that would what, be amazing. Like what her, yeah. And her hand. Wow. Um, well that, that's interesting about the whole, the whole religious thing. That shit will, man, if you, if you got crazy religious parents, you want them to like be 20 years into the religion. I wonder how long you don't want them to like to the worst, the worst kind of person is like, is someone is like, they just found God like an hour ago. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. Like that shit's like hard. Totally. To be, that shit's hard to be around. It's like being around a CrossFitter who just found CrossFit. Like seriously, you can't talk about anything. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's like you, you got to chill. Come to you know. Um, I, I wonder how soon your dad got in, became a, a Pentecostal. Were, were his parents Pentecostal? No, man. His parents were drunks. They gave him up. He was raised mm. by his grandparents mm. in like the same town as them. Mm. But then he moved up here to Milwaukee. Met my mom, and they they gotten some trouble in high school they had kids they had my sister at 18 they they were really young and it was right after having my sister my mom started going to this pentecostal church and my dad followed her and then they they drank the kool-aid to say the least and it wasn't until like i said later in life that they kind of were like all right we were a little too crazy too fanatic and like you said like a person that just finds religion uh or crossfit they just that's it. You know, it's not, there's nothing else in their life. And yeah, I'm not saying that there's not worse people, but part of the part about, um, about preaching good to people is a lot of time you end up teaching them about bad. So you really want to fuck up a six year old boy, start explaining to him at a young age that he shouldn't masturbate. Oh my God. And that shit, let me tell you something. You will fuck a kid up. Like that's too early. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and that's that's what I mean. Like you gotta, you gotta like, you're so excited because you just found God. And if you start preaching that shit too early to a fucking kid and in the wrong way, everything, every time you say no to a child, it's the same as saying yes. And you're really fucking with a kid. Sorry. Go ahead. I totally agree. I really think that like some of the most messed up people out there are the people that had my type of an upbringing where it, it was just God, 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 God in your face. Just it was. And I, and I have, friends like that 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 still deal with it and they're 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 not healthy people i'll just say that mentally they are f up you say you say it uh really well when you say the bible is meant it's not meant to be pointed at others it's meant to be pointed at you and you know 
good things can happen um, if you do that. But if you're if you, like my parents or all these people, they pointed at everybody else. Yeah, that's how you drive people away. Or if they're your kids, you just F them up and drive them away at the same time. Well, thank you. Always good to hear your voice. Yeah. Uh, and, I love uh, and when you get and let me know um, about the reparations and moving in, I'll clean up. I'll clean up the office where the podcast is. You have to pee outside, but Perfect. my kids pee outside too. You get to sleep on that couch that's there that everybody sees. It. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get to sleep on Rosemary's couch. That's yes. a good thing. Yes. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. All right, brother. Later. Later, man. Thank you. Jeremy, the Pentecostal, calling in. Um, so this Navy SEAL basically, uh, 13, 13 deployments. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, I'll, I'll read some of this. But basically he's saying, hey, th- this is it's exactly what we've talked about this show a, a ton of times. I needed help. And instead of getting help when I was saying crazy shit, people catered me down the alley of more crazy shit. So like he's flipping out about his identity and instead of someone helping him work on it and solve it himself, they started making external changes to him and they started telling him that he was fucking transgender and they started. God, it's the closest thing I can think of to fucking if I were to define evil. Um, uh, A retired Navy SEAL who became famous nearly 10 years ago after coming out as transgender announced uh, he is detransitioning, meaning he's switching back to becoming a man, and called Americans to wake up about how transgender health services are hurting children. Everything you see on CNN with my face, do not even believe a word of it, Chris Beck, formerly known as Kristen Beck, told conservative influencer Robbie Starbuck in an interview published earlier this month. Everything that happened to me... Can you imagine being called a conservative influencer? (laughs) Fuck, I would hate that title. Everything that happened to me for the last 10 years destroyed my life. I destroyed my life. I'm not a victim. I did this to myself, but I had help. I take full responsibility. I went on CNN and everything else, and that's why I'm here right now. I'm trying to correct that. And you know exactly what happened. Listen, I've seen, I unfortunately have so many friends who've done this too. It's such a delicate, it's such a delicate job dealing with people's brains. You don't have to react. When your boy says, hey, I want to be Elsa for Christmas, you don't have to say anything. When your daughter says, hey, I want to be a boy, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to remember it. You can just take a deep breath. I was Steve Austin, the $6 million man, every single day in the second grade at lunchtime. And when I ran, I made that sound. And I would run in slow motion with my buddy, Chad, Chad Cola. And you know what? If someone would have said to me, hey, Sevon, we're going to cut you open and turn you into the $6 million man. Do you know what I would have said? Fuck yeah, let's (laughs) do it. Do you get it? Do you get it? A guy was deployed 13 times. You want to know how fucked up someone is who's deployed 13 times? Read Craig Craig Harrison's book, The Longest Shot. He'll be a guest on this show soon. I'm not super familiar with this story, but did this person transition after the military? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know the exact details, but the way I'm perceiving the story is that 13 deployments came back fucked up scrambled mess 
um, uh, was like, I can't get in touch with my feminine side or some shit, right? Said some shit like that. People are like, oh my God. And then he went to some shrinks and they fucking talked him down the avenue that he's really a woman and he's strong and he can make this change and will stand by your side. And they started transition surgery on him. Wow. That's what that they treat. That's exactly what's happening to our kids. It's not lost on me that in a different reality, a dress could be the most masculine piece of clothing that exists. I know it's all fabricated and made up. What I'm saying is, is you want to make, you have to go poop. What? You're hungry. Oh, where's mom? Is mom home? Okay. Do you want to, um, do you want a hug? You think you're going to throw up? There's no parent here. There's no parental figure in the house. How old are you? You're six. Come let me look at you. I'll make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, I did that shit too. I wore my mom's heels around the house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was having this. No one thought I was gay either, except Uncle Buck. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I was having this this the transgender discussion yes, yesterday with my uh, mother in law actually because she had her book club read a book I I don't know what it which one it was I wish I I wish I knew but it was a story about his life as a boy then transitioning to a girl and kind of like just whatever his story and um, we were just having an open discussion about it and I said yeah at some like at some point where does that end though and like you know is there a balance between kind of buying into something like that and kind of feeding into it giving them the right help that these people actually need and she kept going well you don't know because he went to this all boys school and they beat the shit out of him and wow. i like, kept like was really kind of stuck on that and i was like yeah well it's easy to be you know sympathetic for somebody that's not what i'm asking i call it Haley. yeah i tried to and um and uh she was telling me more about it. Then she goes and goes, yeah. And then, you know, the mom was always being supportive of it and said, hey, you could do this at the house, but people are going to judge you if you do it outside. And then he started to do it outside. And then she got the doctor. Technical difficulties. I uh I I recognize who was calling and it was coming in on the studio phone. But I can't imagine this person calling the studio phone. Person, if you meant to call the studio phone, call again. <laughs> if it was if they were meant to call the studio phone, I would definitely answer. I just don't think this person meant to call it. Well, they, maybe they'll call again if they're watching it. Then we'll then we'll know. Go help him, Sevy. Susan can handle the show. Oh fuck no, <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, thanks, Heidi. I guess you got your. Uh, guess that 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 got answered. I don't even know where to go with this. So, anyways, I'll finish telling you guys the story. And she kept talking about the sympathetic, like being sympathetic towards this person. And I was all about the sympathetic part. But then when she goes. Then the doctors got involved, so we got them on puberty blockers. I stopped and I said, well, isn't that interesting? Because, you know, you could go on puberty blockers before you're 18. After you're 18, do whatever the hell you want, right? I got no problem with it. But while your kid is like, it, it's like, if you go on the puberty blockers, that shit's permanent. 
And so there's a reason why you can't get a tattoo until you're 18 because they don't, you're not developed to make those decisions yet. So at some point you have to ask yourself, like, hey, are we, are we just participating too much in this? Do we just need to give it some time to see if, uh, how this person will react into the future? And then if you're also participating into it too, and then bringing medical stuff into it, I don't know. I just, I feel that that, that you're really kind of guiding them down the path rather than, um, just giving them the space to kind of go through whatever it is they're going through. Then after 18 and they're an adult and they want to decide to go down that and, and complete that, then go for it. And you're an adult. You do whatever you want with your body now. Yeah. That was a good learning experience for me. I yeah. just kept going with my story that I was partly telling you and just kept it going with them. A good learning experience to be on the show by yourself or to tell, or, or the actual story that you told the, to be here by myself and to keep talking. And try not to let the 40 viewers that dropped off when you left uh, discourage me. This is a 299. This is uh, applying for a job that you don't have the credentials for. This, this reminded me of the uh, CrossFit uh, uh, marketing team. The, the people who work in, on the media team at CrossFit Inc., this, this reminded me of them. After, after what we said yesterday, never forget the woman who got arrested for, oh yeah. So, so this is a lady. I don't, I how would you be arrested for this? This lady on the left here doing the sign language, uh, uh, they're saying that she's faking it, that she's not really doing sign language. It's pretty fucking funny. I don't know why you'd fucking go to jail for that. I can't hear you, Susie. You muted yourself. And, didn't, but, that, didn't that happen with Obama too? Did and it? There was that, yes, I think it did. I'm gonna, I'll search it when we play this here, but I'm pretty sure that then all of uh, Secret Service and shit freaked out because they were like, how did this person get this close to the president, make it through all of this? And he was just like pretending to like sign the whole entire time. Yeah, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was it. This is a fake, this is like the marketing team. This is like who's, who's running media over at CrossFit. just like a, <laughs> such it's a scam, but this basically, I, I don't, I, I don't agree that she should have been arrested. If I fucking apply for a job doing sign language and on my first day, I'm just like, <laughs> fucking, I'm a, I only know one word. I have a limited vocabulary. Uh, it's on the job training. Yeah, Come on, like give me this a, the whole time. Give me a learning curve here. Okay. Go ahead and hit play. It's so awesome. I mean, she's at one point, she just does this with her hands. It's so fucking awesome. If you can zoom in on her a little, it's so great to the side apparently translating every word this woman we received over 5,000 tips in this case but it turns out much of what she was signing was nonsense she waved her arms around like she was singing jingle bells says one outraged sign language expert the woman identified as Derlin Roberts has a string of arrests for fraud so how did she come to be translating at last week's high profile police news conference I just didn't ask enough questions Tampa Police ah, Public Information Officer. Dear Don Fall, do you want me to interview your entire media team and marketing team for you? I will do it free of fucking charge, and I promise you I will ask enough questions. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Question oh. number one. Is CrossFit for white people, black people, or C? I know this one's out there. Everyone. Do, 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 do. Hey, hey, how how what would the charges be? 
that you applied for a fucking signing job. I bet you, I bet you half the people working and Hey, I want to say this too, as a default, I'm projecting onto CrossFit. I know CrossFit doesn't have a media team anymore. They've shifted it and called it a marketing team. And so by that, I'm kind of being disingenuous and it's a misnomer because basically, and I'm struggling to accept this. We used to have four departments there. We used to actually be a media company. That's what Greg would tell us, but now they've lost their way and they're there. They, I was told that at an L1. Yeah, everyone knew it. It, it was what we yeah. did, and and, and now it, they focus. The focus is on training, affiliate, and games. Those are the three departments they have, and so they're basically going to outsource all their shit. You cannot outsource CrossFit. It's like it's like outsourcing Christianity to fucking um, uh, Satan worshippers. Like you just cannot do it. You cannot outsource what this thing is. They'll start doing stupid shit like woke shit, like using rainbow colored jump ropes, or like trying to like appeal to like people for the wrong reason. This is a person we're selling personal accountability and responsibility. We're like, I work there still so fucking delusional. <laughs> so lost. Hey, I'm participating um, in it <laughs> a- anyway. So, but you, w- I bet you have the people there c- c- don't even couldn't fucking edit with fucking Adobe or final cut pro or like they, they, they even, I bet you half the people there have no no creative skills. No, they don't even they, no. They cannot create any space in their mind to pull down uh, creativity. I know it. I know it for a fact. I know that the person who runs the company probably doesn't have a creative bone. Not the company. The department probably doesn't have a creative bone in their body, which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a bad thing unless you're running that department. Would you hire me to run the track and field department at UCLA? <laughs> I'd have to ask some questions first. Uh yeah, yeah. I, well, I they 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 exist already, buddy. The rainbow rope exists already. <laughs> Fucking knuckleheads. Uh, okay, so that lady didn't have the credentials for the job, and when I saw that, I was like, "So what?" That's all right. Either did this dude. So what? Oh, that's him. That was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would love uh, for Sevon to run the track and field department. You know what I would do? This is how stupid I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose people using a fucking stopwatch. I would just pick the people with the longest legs. Cause that's all. Cause, cause I don't know. <clears throat> and not even, I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even go here because I shouldn't give people the ammunition. Okay, uh, two ninety six. Do you want to see Heidi's doppelganger? Oh, we're going for it. Yeah, here. We're just gonna the leave thing is, suspense. the thing is, when you show this, you have to pause it right away because it's only for that one split second. Okay, okay, okay. You know, it's like the it's right at the moment. beginning, right? Once, yeah, it's right at the beginning. You yeah. can even pull it up and like fuck with it on the side if you want and get it lined up. I'm trying. I'm doing it right now. I'm just okay. gonna let this like thing like. Uh, play, through. play through for a second and i'm gonna try to hit it right at the right time on this next yeah. one it, it's remark oh oh yeah fuck it's quick yeah it's you know, well, quick uh, it's quick i think i got it it's close but it's not like the perfect angle hold on i'm gonna try to do it too okay see if you get a how, how long oh how long does it play a while oh darn it oh did you miss it did you miss it I'm so close. You do yours and I'll do and I'll see. And if it's no good, I'll do mine. Did you get it okay. right at the beginning? Let's see. Kinda. 
Yeah, there it is. There it is. Oakley Reels. Heidi's doppelganger. There you go, people. Everyone will be exposed. Oh, Lord, what am I doing? Oakley Reels. There she is. Someone checked your DMs. Uh, did you send me Haley Adams? Someone sent me Haley Adams. I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I'm sorry, Alan. On her, she looks it. like Haley Adams? No, 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 a different one. I think Alan sent me a Haley Adams and I didn't and a doppelganger and I didn't see it. Uh, anyway, there you go. Oakley Reels. We've now found Heidi Krum's doppelganger. And I'm glad we got to that. I wasn't sure if we were going to get to that today. Okay, 296. Chop it off the list. Uh <laughs> doppelbanger. <laughs> you, yeah, she is a doppel. That is a doppelbanger. You're right, Trish. <laughs> Scumbag. Trish, you piece of shit. Hate it when you're right. Heidi doesn't see it. Nobody ever does. <laughs> I don't see like, it. Whoever, whoever it is. Oh, like- fuck you don't. Just keep playing that video over and over. Freeze it right at the beginning. It's so you. Yeah, if you just watch that beginning portion, you want to see something funny. Did I tell you this? That when I used to bartend, I get I used to get told all the time that I looked like a Steve-o? I yeah, and Ben Stiller, but Robbie Benson. Do you know oh, I've Robbie gotten Ben Benson Stiller is? before. No, I get uh, I've gotten Ben Stiller, and I get Steven Spielberg. That's kind look of at a, this. Well, now that my hair is like longer too. Now, this is who I always got told I look like. Uh. uh I don't recognize that guy. Maybe Who I should is he? throw it out. Is he to famous? Him. Looks like this. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's you. Yes. Hey, dude, you've got to grow your hair out like that. There's so much material there if you do that. <laughs> you just rip on you nonstop. That is a uh, look at that like hair. Now, is that how your shit would grow? Just a thick helmet? Yep. Oh, dude, yeah. you should try that. That's intense. Now it's just all over the place because I just threw the beanie on in the morning, after, especially after I got out of the shower. But yeah, it gets super... You could have an insane super mohawk. Super thick. That's funny that you mentioned that because I'm for sure cutting one when I cut it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, mohawk would be dope. <laughs> Look at this number going on here. I, you could even like do a pretty wide one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's Stevo, like, but that doesn't look like he's like has like, I don't know, AIDS or something. Far or less something. whippets in my life. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> it's like the there's something about Mary like hair stick up action here. Okay, I'd like to get. Can we get through two more? You think two ninety eight and two ninety seven? Yeah. Okay, uh, fathers and mothers. The show started with a tribute to mothers today. Uh, what, okay, got it, got it, got it. Sorry, two ninety eight. Sorry, yeah. I'm just going up. I think we did this one. Oh, we did. Yeah, because okay. then the chick right away is like, "Don't put that on women." Okay, okay, good. Okay, uh, two, uh, two, 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 two. Oh, a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. Two ninety seven. Griner or Whelan? Oh, I think this might be. Like I said, Griner has uh, ESPN reported that Griner is going to Brittany Griner is going to uh, focus on helping getting Whelan out. That's going to be one of the uh, charities she works towards. Yeah, his hair is great. You can't have. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. Okay, listen to this. This is. I don't know if what he's saying is true. Well, what he's saying is true. I don't know if the implications of it are true, but either way, it's worth hearing. Today, Andrea Mitchell of NBC. This is someone who's been in Washington covering news for more than 50 years, someone who is deeply supportive 
of the Joe Biden administration, contributed to a story that contained this line, quote, the Kremlin gave the White House the choice of either Griner or Whelan or none. So Mitchell's piece attributed this fact to a, quote, senior U.S. official. It was not a guess. It was sourced. And then, as with the early reporting on Paul Pelosi last month, that account was scrubbed and sanitized. And the new version of the NBC story assures us that, quote, the Kremlin ultimately gave the White House the choice of either Griner or no. So basically, and the Russians have already reported this. It's come out of Russia that they gave um, they gave us a choice. You can have Whelan or Griner, and they chose Griner. So do you pick a young woman who has a long life ahead of her, who got busted for um, – Drugs in a foreign country broke the law in a foreign country. Was that on accident that she took that vape pen too? Was it like just in her stuff or something like that? And she realized because that's what it was, right? One of those little like I can only tell you that she looks like she smokes weed. Weed pen based on my prejudice, discrimination, and judgment <laughs> okay. of her age and hairstyle and demeanor. She looks like a stoner to me. So you're saying it's not? It's oh, a, bro, I'm telling you, listen to me. If Trump gets elected. I guarantee you they let Whelan out on day one. Garen fucking teed. I don't know if you remember the, probably most of you don't remember the Iran uh, hostage crisis we had. But uh, the way the story went is Reagan was running against Carter. Ronald Reagan was running against Jimmy Carter. And the day that Reagan took office, they let out the hostages. The day, the same day. They knew he wasn't fucking around. Well, also, during the Carter administration, Bush Sr., who later became president of the United States, was head of the CIA, and he made a deal with the Iranians. Don't let the hostages out until Reagan's elected because uh, he didn't want Carter to get the the love for it. The kudos for it. Yeah. So, Interesting. But I guarantee you Trump just calls Putin and is like, yo, let that dude out. Putin's like, yeah, right on. <laughs> See you next week in Vegas. Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Guarantee it. Putin loves loves Trump. He's entertained by him. He's he's he loves it. I know that that makes me just as much as like uncomfortable as the uh, other side of it. Trump had the chance to get him out, says David Weed. That's Russian disinformation. Maybe I'm open to it. I'm a. Oh, it was a CBD pen. Seriously, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even THC. What'd she get busted for? Yeah, that's kind of. Well, that's bullshit. That changes my mind about everything. <laughs> Welcome home, Griner. I'm glad she's home. I'm glad. I, I feel for her parents. I'm glad for her parents more than her. You hear that uh, they were saying that she was she was in a labor camp where they were sewing, sewing, uh, I think, military uniforms or something. They were sewing some sort of uniforms and she was too big uh, to fit in the in the chair where the sewing machine was. And her hands were too big to work like the, the mechanisms of the machine. So instead, they gave her the job of carrying fabric. So she that was what she was. She was kind of like just a pack mule. Damn. Wasn't that one kid that is, I think he's still in North Korea. 
right? Didn't he go to like North Korea or something, tried to steal a poster and ended up with like 70 years hard, uh, in a hard labor camp or something? Fuck, and he's still there? Yeah. Libby Budak. Budak. Libby Budak. Budak. It's a nice last name. It's close to that word that I'm not allowed to say. Uh, they said it was hashish oil. Not sure which molecule that is. Uh, yeah, the hashish is definitely not CBD. Oh, the dude from North Korea is. No, he's dead. Trump, Trump fumbled that one. Hmm. No, Trump got that guy out. I'm going with Libby. <laughs> <laughs> we like Libby's answer. Better. I'll pay my own. Boo Dak. I thought that kid from North Korea came back. Boo Dak. Brain dead. Libby Boo Dak. Yeah, I don't know much about the story from North Korea. I just remember that being a thing. Wow, Brittany does. Brittany Griner does kind of look like an elf. You're right. Oh, at first I thought I was going to turn around and be like, is there one on my shelf? I want to be surprised. Yeah. The snowflake made an appearance yeah. as part of the. Uh, <laughs> Otto Warmbier. They got him out, but he had extensive brain damage. He died immediately. Oh, that's right. That's right. I do remember that. Remember, wasn't he, didn't he steal, like, wasn't it a poster? Did he try to, like, take it off the wall and, like, roll it up and take it home or something like that? Yeah. He, what, what, yeah, that's right. Fuck, I can't, I can't remember, like, the details around it, but yeah. I mean, just nuts. Like, you just don't fuck around. Like, we don't realize how much, like, in the U.S. we actually get away with. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, what we could do and adjust. Dude, you can shoot, you can like shoot that, the like, heroin on the streets of fucking uh, Philadelphia. No one will say anything to you. San Francisco. Yeah, good saw point. The video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you go to other Not, not one person, not two people, hundreds of people just laying around, needles hanging out of them and shit. Yeah, try to act that way and they... If, if you yeah. want to see that stuff, we had the guy on the show that made those documentaries. His name's Tommy G. His YouTube channel's amazing. Mm-hmm. Should definitely check in with him again soon, too. He's a good dude. Um, 295.5. Uh, this is um, a, a pretty trippy story. This is Chris Christie's niece was on an airplane. She must be crazy. It must be a, um, oh, shit. We've hit the algorithm. We're crushing it. We're crushing it. Um, she, Chris Christie's niece was on an airplane and there was a, uh, they said it's a Latino family. I just, I think it's, that means Mexican or something or Brazilian or just anything south of San Diego is Latino, I think. And she was on the, she was on the airplane and I, I want to read the exact quote. Will you, will you scroll down? She said something crazy yeah. to them. I mean, it, it's funny. But it's, but it's also a little crazy. Uh, a woman who claimed to be uh, related to former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie injured six deputies after she was kicked off of the Spirit Airlines flight on Thanksgiving Day, according to authorities. Shannon Epstein, 25, was asked to leave the New Jersey-bound flight at Louis Armstrong International Airport in New Orleans in the morning of November 24th. Here it is. You guys ready? After she asked the family seated next to her who she believed were Latino, if they were smuggling cocaine. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, dude, you can't go to jail for that. You can't go to jail for that. What if there's a black guy sitting next to me and I'm like, yo, were your grandparents slaves? Or what if there were some Jews sitting next to me? And I said, yo, you, you know anyone, you got anyone related to you who died in Auschwitz? It can't just be that, though, right? 
Like she yeah. clearly had to like act up and she ended up being like super defiant, like hurt six deputies or injured them or something like that. Like so some guy sits down next to me in the plane. He's like, yo, is that, is that your real nose or they att- is that attached to your glasses? I mean, you, you, you don't get kicked off the flight for that. <laughs> I mean, you're an asshole, but yeah, they're not going yeah, like, to escort you out. Like, I know. Okay. Isn't that crazy too? Epstein. I know it's a fucking Epstein. Yeah. But what's funny is so the article basically is like speculating in, in some portions. She it's saying she claimed to be Chris Christie's niece. And so but I dug around and it and it, it's actually been confirmed. It actually was. And when they went to arrest her and pull her off the plane, I guess she started screaming some shit. You can't do this to me. I'm Chris Christie's niece. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's like more on it, but Plus, too, you, you can't, like, fuck around on an airplane like that either. Yeah, exactly, Adam. What if they were smuggling cocaine? <laughs> what if they were? Red's a good, fucking great point. Uh, yeah, maybe Excuse me, do you have party. a penis in your pants? What if she would have said that to the dude? Are you smuggling some cock and balls on the plane? That'd be the weirdest encounter. You've flown a lot. Did you ever have any weird encounters with people oh, that you sat bro, next to? bro. One time I was landing in Chicago O'Hare and I was in the, it was, it was in the old days when I used to fly coach and I was in the, um, I was in the, um, I was in the emergency door lane Yep. and the plane is, is, is we've all gone through the landing protocol. Everyone's got their seatbelts on seat upright and there's a phone there and the three stewardesses are there and their jump seats are there. They're not up in the front. They're in the middle of the plane. It's a huge fucking plane. I can't remember what kind of plane. And she, she picks up the phone and she, I hear her fighting with the fucking pilot. She's fighting with the fucking pilot. They're yelling at each other. I can't hear what they're saying. Cause the plane's so fucking loud. Cause it's doing all that shit right before it lands, you know? And she fucking puts the phone down the three stewardesses look at each other. They get in their jump seats and they close their eyes and hold hands. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. I'm just like. And the plane landed and she stormed to the fucking front of the plane. Ah, oh, that would be terrifying. Uh, ever since I told you about my like non-enjoyment of flying, I'd learned more about planes. I took it upon myself to- <laughs> To learn and watch some stuff and it's um it's pretty interesting all like the different protocols they go to through but that would have me very oh bro nervous. i was just like i was tripping balls i was tripping Were they close to you to ask him uh or did you just not even want to know but you just like she was, Fuck it, i don't it, it was really loud she was vibing so hard you know when someone's just fucking she was off a rocker yeah but the fact that all three of them held their hands and closed their eyes i was like this is fucking horrible yeah, they're in like a group, group prayer as the plane's going down. Yeah, my asshole tightened for sure. Or it released. I can't remember. It did one of the two. Man. Man, oh, man. I've barfed. I've barfed my one, one flight coming back from Africa one time. I was just vomiting my fucking brains out. And uh, they, the person sitting next to me got moved. And I was like pouring sweat and I was just puking. I guess I had food poisoning and there were four kids flying alone in front of me and uh, they were leaning over the seats and they would go, every time I throw up, they'd go, they'd lean over seats and look at me and go, Wait, really? <laughs> what fucking asshole. I actually liked it. 
I actually liked it. Just four kids making fun of me. And by the time I landed, my water broke. I fucking, I was like, I was good. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was completely drenched. Yeah. Like just sweated the whole thing out. Yeah. It was crazy, but I was actually pretty, 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 uh, I can't remember some guy in custom said something funny to me. Like you handled those kids. Well, they kind of were keeping me company. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even though I was probably like a 30 year old man, I was probably still scared mm. by myself fucking dying on an airplane. Like at least these kids can tell my mom. They saw me. Gosh, that's a miserable flight. Okay. Um, tomorrow, do we have a show tomorrow? Another live calling show? We're just on a roll with live calling shows. I'm loving it. Oh, no. Well, that, that was basically the ramp up until you um, take off from Newport. But, uh, oh, did you see I started making thumbnails? Yeah, I did. They're awesome. <laughs> so last night I got on, last night I, um, this is how silly we are. Me and Andrew Hiller and Sousa got on, um, StreamYard. We did, we don't, we don't uh, air it, but we all got on StreamYard. And we just hang, we just hung out. And Sousa, we uh, Sousa was uh, just set his phone up, and he was cleaning his gym after the Christmas party. And we were all just talking. We were watching Sousa like climb the rope to get the lights down, and we were just brainstorming <laughs> ideas for future shows. And and uh, Hiller's like, "Hey, do you want me to show you how to make thumbnails?" And so last night for an hour, Hiller just took me through uh, the <laughs> software called Canva, the app. And and so and he just taught me how to make thumbnails. It was so fucking sweet of him. It was so cool. It was like, I felt like my little kids when they play with crayons. <laughs> yeah, that was, was like, cool. no, do this. No, do this. He's that so was, playful. He's yeah, so he, fucking playful. Yeah. And he has a good, he has like a good time with it too. Like cracking up the whole time. And like, that was nice. That was actually a really nice surprise just to be able to uh, clean the gym and have, have us like, hang out with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got to, we got to watch Sousa do his, uh, what's that machine called? But Canva's like the best. Zamboni. Canva's the worst. What's it called? That the Zamboni. We got to look at his hidden dude Zamboni. <laughs> that was cool. It's funny. All right, guys. So um, tomorrow morning we'll be on a live call and show at seven a.m. And then at nine a.m. I'm doing a show with Eddie If on his podcast, um, and I think that's called the Wadcast Podcast. And I'm excited for that. I don't know if he goes live. If he does go live, I will. Um, post something and uh let you guys know why so okay i guess i'll hear from kenneth about why you think it's the worst i i really enjoyed it um i have photoshop i i i i, I use photoshop i'm just not good at it um hiller's like why don't you just use photoshop just because i'm not good okay 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 1999 <laughs> love you guys see you tomorrow <laughs> bye